JT, like, you're covering the whole. Oh, thing. you see how you're moving it? You yeah, feel it? That's the movement. You want to just like like a stronger, more fluid like flick. Damn, maybe you need push to do down some, harder. Though. Yeah, yeah, there you go. I was like, you need to do some arm stuff too, huh? A little bit, a little bit. Not just the I've been spoiled. I've been yeah. spoiled with the, uh, the little gun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. how I've been doing my whole life. Just a little, <laughs> little flick right there. And you know, drugs are bad, so I never had to use it. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down. Cause I got ice in my veins. I talk like a champion, like a champion. I'm so cold blooded. I'm so cold blooded. I fear nobody. I fear nobody. I walk like a champion. What's up, everybody? This is episode 172 of the Saratobi Sports Podcast coming to you live from beautiful Baldwin, New York, here at Regrown Recording Studios. Bring you in, as always, your lovable host, just stuck in traffic, just on his damn phone, just in transition, but most importantly, just a friend, JT. What is up, everybody? And to my right, a man that needs some introduction, the Guyanese god himself, Dijon Mustard. Celine Dijon, if you will. John Muto, everybody. Ew. Ah. There's no way you just you just did ASMR on my podcast. Your podcast? This is crazy. Your podcast? <laughs> Who the fuck is you? This is crazy. How oh my doing? goodness. Hashtag Johnny's workout plan. <laughs> oh man. Call him Mutu Sip. <laughs> right, right. There you go. <laughs> Be the envy of all your friends. <laughs> oh man. Matt, is this a new base in here? It's not a new base, but it's not the one that's normally there. All right. So mm-hmm. That's what I figured, it's too. It's a new addition to that area. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. New and, to you. There you go. New to us, old to you? Indeed. Ah, uh, yes. And as you can hear... <laughs> I'm I'm, tr- I'm doing my as best. As you can hear, John is dying. <laughs> yes, I'm <laughs> doing actually, my best. actually timed out Honestly, perfect. if there was a way you could give me a mute button... Yeah, but we'd have yeah. to know when you were coughing. Oh, you're saying like on the for console? Me. Oh, yeah. For me, yeah. Justin, obviously. Maybe we'll work on that for next year. I don't know. Who knows? <laughs> the idea is we wouldn't need to use it. But, you know, it is. But it well, still you know, come they, they make mic. mics with switches or them, they probably sell like inline mute switches that mm. I can put in there, you know? Oh, there it's, you go. You know, the idea is I won't be coughing the majority of the time I'm here often enough to need one. Let's hope. Let's yeah, hope. let's hope. Oh, boy. And uh, <laughs> as you've heard... The uh, voice from beyond the great beyond. The Guyanese. Oh, no, not the Guyanese. I'm sorry. The Saratobi sound man. The great Gabagool. Greg Postovich. Matt Barber, everybody. Bruv. <laughs> what it is, mate. <laughs> it's a Habibi's thing, yeah? All right. Uh, you know, this is uh, great. We haven't been in a studio in a while. At least in two weeks. No, three weeks. We haven't been in a studio in three weeks. So this is great. Unbelievable. We're still short one, but, uh, you know, thoughts and prayers. He's forever in our hearts. Uh, yeah. The uh, Bishop of Bitches is uh, currently uh, away on business, though. The Bishop sure. is Bishop Bitches on business. Uh, but he'll be back with us next week. <laughs> uh, let's see. What else? What else? What else? But it's, 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 it's nice. I, you know. What is nice not having Miles here? I did not say that. Sounds like those doing what bishops usually do and beating little boys, grooming young men. There it is. There it is. 
<laughs> I was gonna say he's helping make young men. Oh, man. oh he's gonna hate listening to this. <laughs> he's gonna hate me. I love you, Miles. Oh, I mean, it, it don't let Matt bail you out of this. It did sound like you're about to say you enjoyed Miles not being here. I do not enjoy Miles being here. Wait, what <laughs> <laughs> shit. That sounded right. Damn. Breath. And the hole keeps getting deeper. It does. Oh man, no. Nah. It'll be nice when he's when he, when he's back. When the trio, the quartet is all uh, back in business. But uh, you know, as we're sitting here, as we usually do, we have a, a a game on, whether it be baseball or basketball, on in the studio. Currently, it's the uh, Mavericks and the Warriors, the Dallas Mavericks. And I was talking to Matt about this before you got here. But have you heard of this show called Aerial America on the Smithsonian Channel? Uh, no. Okay. How many people have? That's the real. Question. All right, bro. You you gotta get hit. Gotta get hit. It is a Was very this a drone going over cities. Essentially, kind of yeah. It's a it basically it's just a uh, audio history of different places in America. So today, usually I watch. My dad has it on like early in the morning because he wakes up and it's just <laughs> it's something very calm. That's the most dad shit I ever yes, heard in my life. Very much so. Like he, I'll be I'll go downstairs at like seven thirty a.m. He's got it on. He's on the couch, but it's very very calm. Like it's great, it's great background watching. Like if you have like editing to do or just like anything you're working on, very very good background, very calm. The narrator's voice is like pristine. Mm, I'll be playing Pokemon while I edit. Ah, well either way, if mm. you uh, you know, if you just need something in the in the background, yeah. it's, it's definitely good. Like clean or something. Yeah, no, honestly, like it's it's a great it's it's a great thing if 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 you're cleaning. Um, and it's just yeah, like I watched Dallas Fort Worth today. I watched Illinois and I watched uh, Yellowstone. And just learning different stuff about these places. Like some of the stuff, like is elementary. Like you already know, like you know, in Illinois, the Great Chicago Fire, and you know, they talk about like Michael Jordan and the Bulls and Wrigley Field and stuff like that. But what I didn't know that I learned about with Wrigley Field is the you know how like on the apartments that are across the street they have like the bleachers and stuff. Mm-hmm. So apparently, the Cubs actually got into a lawsuit with the landowners, mm-hmm. and now the oh, landowners getting a ticket sales from that because. So, of- Yes, so the landowners now have to pay 17% of all ticket sales on their apartments to the Cubs. Hmm. Interesting stuff, right? Hmm. There you go. Yes, yes. Uh, but I bring this up because the Dallas-Fort Worth one, I am very confident to say that I now know more about Dallas-Fort Worth than Ruben. Yeah. Um, and, if Ruben, and if Ruben thinks he knows, he can come back on the pod anytime and we can debate historical facts about Dallas about Dallas and the Fort Worth area that sounds like something I, I'm telling you this will be I'm this sure will people be, will pay money for that that's what's gonna kickstart a Patreon huh this will be riveting <clears throat> podcast we're, we're potting we're potting at that point now mm, I'm just saying that feels they, gross you know what's funny is they did a whole little spiel about uh, Mark Cuban mm. um, and they talk about how him getting in trouble with like the refs and stuff like that I didn't know did you know that Mark Cuban had to go and work at a Dairy Queen for eight hours because he told a ref that, hey, I wouldn't even employ you at Dairy Queen. So Dairy Queen invited him to work at a Dairy Queen as a manager for a day to see just how hard it was. I didn't know that. I'm telling you, see, this is the type of stuff that that, that they be having on the Smithsonian Channel, the Aerial America. This is this is the stuff. Hard hitting reporting. Hard I didn't even hitting. know they had a Smithsonian Channel. Bro, it's right up there near the History Channel. You just got to go a few more rows down. Bro, it's... And they I used some, to watch some random fucking, you know, learn about the world channels as a kid, but I ain't know about no what, Sony what, channel. Hey, what y'all know about Modern Marvels, though? What y'all know about Modern Marvels, That's though? That's regular. Ah, uh, come on. But not everybody, not everybody was hip, though. 
That's that is true. Did you know how it's made? Yo, I didn't know this too. I was learning about Illinois. Yo, they pieced up uh, the head of the Mormon uh, religion over there. What? Yeah, John Smith. Bro, they like Pocahontas. Bro, they pieced him up. They arrest because the Mormons had moved like their big settlement to Illinois because they they were in like New York and like other places, but they got ran out because they were like, yo, like y'all kind of bugging. They settled in Illinois. They made their own little colony. It got big. Other people were like, yo, y'all kind of doing a little bit too much, right? And then, of course, you know. Where is BYU? Bring them in Utah. Utah. Yeah. Sort of so, yeah, everybody thinks it's like where the Mormon like capital is, but it originally was in Illinois. And then they killed the leader of the Mormons? So they brought the townsfolk was like, yo, like you're doing way too much. <laughs> and especially because he was, um, he got all the wives, like the polygamy and stuff like that. And they're like, yo, we don't bang with that. Yeah. And he also mad, mad a man and other bitches. Yeah, pretty much. And since he was Missed the mayor the of one of the towns, he decided, "Yo, I'm gonna shut down a printing press that was, you know, writing bad articles about me and the religion." They were like, "Yo, we've had enough." They brought him to trial while he's sitting in the jailhouse. Niggas ran up in the jail, shot him and his brother. That's like, crazy. Boom, cold blood. So then, who? Br- what? Who? I don't know who. They didn't say. But it's funny you say BYU because the person that took over. His name was Brigham Young, and he oh, was the one that it. moved him all the way to Utah and is now where we know is like, you know, the Mormon USA capital of the world. But little did you know, Mormons was actually in Illinois. See, this is what I'm talking about, people. This is what I'm talking about. This is the stuff. This is why This is why you tune in. How many listeners do you think we lost in that segment from, um, from JT, Matt? Well, I mean, I'm not going to. ask Matt. Oh, okay. At least 200%. Oof. Like That's like a hundred percent of your viewers left, and then they told just as many people to never listen to this podcast. <laughs> Not gonna lie, I feel like we <laughs> lost. I feel like we've lost a. I feel like we lost a bunch of followers or listeners to the pod as soon as I said that Miles was not on the pod today. I feel like we <laughs> lost everyone that Miles told about the pod in the yes. past two weeks. Pretty much, yeah. Yeah. Without so you're telling me that Miles is what makes this engine run? No, but I think he tells the most people. He does tell the most people. He's like Johnny Appleseed. And he also gets the most people. He's influential yeah, he, like that. I was just saying he's also just Sharon Seed. He's like Nick Cannon. Oh, don't do that. Oh, Matt, come on. Don't do that. <laughs> did you see the- He's going to hate that. <laughs> it's definitely fake. But did you see the thing where they were like, he's going to have a reality show? They're like, this next move for him is to have a reality show where people compete to see who's going to be his next baby mama? I had seen that. Yes, I had. Yeah, that's just got to be fake. But imagine, I I was telling Matt in the room earlier too. I was reading through like some of the AOL like news, like what's up big in the news. Um, it said he made a list or something like that of women he wished he who'd have his baby. That's crazy. And I'm just like, yo, dog, what? Well, what are we doing? Did here? you see? Um, I saw a theory on TikTok as to why he's doing it. Did why, we talk about this? Why is he doing that? So like, he started just having all of these kids around when he got diagnosed with I think a lupus. Mm. And one of the treatments is stem cells. Mm-hmm. So he basically is giving himself a supply of stem cells by having another, like, more children. That would be the most diabolical. I want to say this sounds really diabolical. Yeah. Oh no. It's like I gotta. I gotta see if I can find it. But I remember seeing <laughs> that, and they were just like, "Yeah, like if you see where it, when it started happening, it was after his diagnosis." Oh no. So somebody should stop him. He's in, There's a lot of evil thoughts going on under them turbans. Oh no! Potentially, allegedly, allegedly, allegedly. As always, everything is allegedly. Yeah. Except for what I learned on the Smithsonian Channel. <laughs> Smithsonian Channel. Those are facts. 
<laughs> that felt like a family guy bit. <laughs> really did. It really did. Hey, listen, what, look. The we, more you know. We brought people back. This is why we, we're, we're here to, we're here to make, make people laugh, all right? And to tell some jokes. We, we tell some jokes. We talk sports. We talk the animes. We do it all here on the Saratobi Sports Pod. But uh, let's get into the sports aspect. Uh, it is now Wednesday. Tuesday of this week was the final game of the WBC World Baseball Classic held at multiple locations, but the championship game was held in Miami. If you hadn't watched, or if you don't know what the WBC is, World Baseball Classic, it's basically like the World Cup of Soccer, but it's on a smaller scale, and it's baseball. So you got a bunch of countries competing in pool play, and then, you know, as you advance, you get through your brackets, and then you get the quarterfinals, semifinals, finals. USA made it to the finals, not really to a lot of people's surprise. You know, it is America's pastime, but, hey, for a little bit, it looked a little scary because— U.S. Did, did not, but it's all right. U.S. did lose to Mexico in pool play, and I'm like, yo, how you lose? First of all, I feel like that in itself is a joke. How you lose the American pastime to the same people that you want to keep out of America, but that's kind of that's neither here nor there. Um, to be fair, they want to keep everyone out of America. That is true. Everybody that burns in the sun, they would like to keep out of America. Um, everyone that burns in the sun. Everyone that burns in the sun. I mean, they also. If you are darker than Taylor Swift, this country probably doesn't like you. You just said everyone that burns in the sun, they want to keep out. Yes. Oh, sorry. That does not burn in the sun. Sorry. There you go. There you go. I was sitting here. I was like, I was like, yeah, Asian people burn too. (laughs) I was like, uh, what are you saying? Oh, boy. But, uh, yeah, USA somehow got through all the Spanish speaking countries. I mean, if you hadn't watched, bro, it shit is lit. This, like, and this is what baseball should be, honestly, because you watch the Dominican Republic versus uh, Venezuela game or, or Dominican Republic versus Puerto Rico. Bro, this is how baseball is supposed to be. You got people blasting horns throughout all the innings. Uh, like every- soccer. Like yeah. soccer matches overseas, yeah. You know what it kind of reminded me of? Like the only thing we have equivalent to in baseball now was, you know how in uh, Oakland, how they have like that drum that literally plays all game long and in Cleveland? I don't know if you're ever up late enough to watch a Yankees versus Oakland Athletics game at like 11 o'clock, but like it's kind of like do, that. I'd be watching that shit without the sound while I do something. Else. <laughs> but it's kind of like that, where it's like like it's just a steady drum or steady beat, and it's just going like all game, but max it up to like 100, and that's what you get. And apparently, like, this is how baseball is in like every other country. Like you mm. see it in Japan, like during the pool play. Well, in Japan, Japan shit is insane. Yeah, no, they were like, going they're, they're, ham. Like. Japan is like that for their sports, and it's super fucking cool. Yeah, like, it looks awesome. Like, have you ever seen a, 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 a European basketball game? Yeah, where like like in Greece, where they have like literally people with like the, the, the flares lighters and, and flares. I'm like, yo, that's... it's wild for an indoor arena, but yeah. it's still cool. <laughs> yeah, like we can't. Why can't we do that? Why? I, yeah, I think it's like you know that American elitism of like we're better than that sort of shit and that's why baseball is boring and that's why people aren't fucking watching it. exactly um, I think you're making a great point about it and I think you know a big story about this was just like people talk about meaningless baseball and potentially getting hurt and all that shit and it's like that shit is not meaningless like how can you sit here and talk about the Olympics or not have an issue with people going to play for the Olympics you know issue with the World Baseball Classic well I think it's like, because it doesn't have that people don't view it on that level like, nobody has a problem with, like, an MLS player going to play for Team USA and going to the World Cup. No, and that's here. But that's also because we don't put that value on soccer. Mm-hmm. But people overseas don't have issues with when soccer is everything. Yes. Like, they don't have issues with them going to play for their country either. 
Like it's all those Premier League teams, like because the Premier League season started. They basically put the it World on. Cup. They basically yeah. put it on pause. Yeah, like no one cares about club seasons while the World Cup is going on. Because the best players in the World Cup. Like you think PSG, you think PSG fans are really upset that freaking uh, Mbappe is going to go play for Spain, right? Or wherever right. wherever Messi plays, he's going to go play for Argentina. Like, no, everybody they realize it's way more. Your country is way more important. I'm sorry. Yes. Did you just say Mbappe play for Spain? No, I said Mbappe played for. Did I say Spain? Yeah, yeah, I meant yeah. France. Okay, I just know. Oh, I needed to make sure thought, you oh, knew, and it okay. was an accident. Okay, all right. Because hey, I was like, no, sir, sorry, he plays for France. Yes, yes, yes. And I just saw, I just saw the, the replay of like the one game where you got like three goals. I'm like, yo, this thing is yeah. nice. But um, yeah, and, and it's one of those things that how can we sit here and like, and the worst part is the players want to make the shit fun. Yes, like the players want to make the shit fun, and they're constantly having this battle, and it's like, it's still just so old money, fucking Republican, like this whole shit. You know what I mean? Like. The World Baseball Classic, like, there's nothing wrong with supporting your country. And the players are speaking out, like, Rosarena talking about him getting that catch was bigger than any home run he, he he hit in a playoff run. You know what I mean? Like, it means so much to these guys. And, like, <laughs> it was funny because it was definitely fake. But I saw a post where it was, like, Mike Trout saying, oh, great, now I got to go play 172 meaningless games with the Angels. <laughs> Like, but that that's what it is. It's you got these best players in the world and a lot of them like Mike Trout are on teams that are never going to do anything. Mm. But it's like, even aside from that one, you're going to play with your friends. You're going to play with the best of the best and you're representing your country. Little weird Israel had a team. Yo, I was thinking I that, that too. Especially when a lot of them are like, not like they're just Jewish. I was like, cause I saw Jock Peterson on the team. I'm like, wait a minute. One of the dudes on? they interviewed and then he was like, oh, like my wife's Jewish. That's why I'm on the team. I was like, hmm. Yeah, because doesn't uh, Judea, the religion goes through it's like a the, religion. Mom, it, the mom that's side, what I'm right? Saying. It's yeah. religion. Anyway, um, if it was a bunch of Middle Eastern dudes that was Israeli, cool. Anyway, I thought it was a little strange, but we're not going to get into that. I saw some free Palestine. I was uh, going to say stuff hashtag, at the game. It's really, you mean Palestine? Um, <laughs> anyway, um, it's just like that's a thing that I feel like everyone across the board, professional athletes, like that's a big thing for them in their sport. Why is baseball different? NBA players want to put on that jersey for their country. Mm-hmm. Like, soccer players want to do it, too. Why is baseball the exception? There's no fucking... And I'm sure if they if football was a world sport like that, American football is a world sport like that, NFL players would want to do the same thing, too. Bro, American players would be like, yo, ain't nobody better than us. This is our shit. And I feel like that's how Americans should feel about the WBC, is like, yo, you should want your players to go in there and prove that, yo, America's pastime still belongs to America, right? I mean, look how many, you know... Hispanic players are in the league right now that are absolutely beastie, right? Like, I didn't realize just how many people were Bro, we from Venezuela or Colombia or stuff like see, that. Yeah, I wasn't expecting Venezuela like that, but I agree. And it's one of those things that we sit here and we just go, like, the majority of the best players in the MLB aren't, like, you don't think of them as just American. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's how it was for a very long time. Like, the majority, you sit here and go through, oh, man, the players that are really out here doing these things, yes, so we'll say, like, Maybe top six or some shit like that. But, like, there's always going to be those people of immigrant origins. You know what I mean? Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's great. Um, And were you confused uh, as to what? Or did you notice that Randy Rosarena was playing for Mexico? I didn't know he was Mexican. So he's not. He's Cuban. Hmm. He got Mexican citizenship, I believe, either last year or two years ago. Hmm. There was this really big story about, you know, like, you know, like a lot of like the Cuban baseball players, like, don't fuck with Cuba. Don't fuck with Cuba. So like, they have to escape Cuba yeah, that, secretly. That's how and, most people. Yeah, yeah. Cuba, but yeah. 
So like, there was a case like that where he mm. was like, but I think there was some backstory of why he really banged with Mexico. I think mm. he, maybe he spent time there or something like that. Really, really wanted Mexico. I was, I was like, my son Ruben got a Rosarena. That's crazy. I, bro, when I saw him in a jersey, I'm like that. I was like, you don't even look Mexican. That, and like, listen, <laughs> I know there's black Mexicans. Yes. I've seen black Mexicans. He don't look like a black Mexican. He no black Mexican. <laughs> I was like, you could tell me he was anything. You could tell me Cuban, Venezuelan, Colombian, anything. If you told me he was Mexican, I'm like, nah. Not that one. You're lying. He might be a little too tall for that one. But, yeah, so I guess it was this long backstory. I saw this, it was a thread on Twitter as to why uh, he did it. But I thought that was pretty cool, but... You know, they also interviewed a bunch of players from the Dominican Republic, mm. from uh, uh, Puerto, Rico. Puerto Rico, from Venezuela, and they're like, "Yo, what would mean more to you, winning a world? Yeah. Like these, and these are all prom, like Francisco Lindor, mm-hmm. uh, Perez, like prominent guys in the MLB." And they're like, "Yo, what would mean more, uh, World Series or WBC?" And they like all of them were WBC. I yeah. think one of them said, "Oh, it'd be it'd be the same," but yo, they have. W- Way more patriotism mm-hmm. for their country. It means more to their country than it does, like, uh, just like if the the Royals won the World you, Series. You got to think, right? To all of those people, like, they played baseball mostly to get away from their surroundings. Yeah. But you can't tell me that if they had a, something to the level of the MLB in their country, they wouldn't have just stayed. And that's what it is. It's they love the sport, but them going to the MLB doesn't mean that they wanted to leave it just it provides them a better opportunity exactly. to keep playing this but they love provide for their families provide their communities exactly. and things like that you but, could ask christian pulisic the same shit hmm. the mls was the way the premier league was i think he's in the premier league right now i think i think he was in um germany before hmm. but um like all of those things like if the, if the mls was like that you think he wouldn't have just would have rather to be in the u.s playing in that yeah. league like, why do you think niggas, niggas have hoop dreams to go to the NBA? Yeah. Like, nobody nobody goes overseas because it's like, oh, yeah, I want to go overseas instead of the NBA. No, it's they go overseas because, you know. And in the other countries, too, the dreams are to go to the NBA because it's yes. the best league. But then they show the fuck out when they go play for their country. Yep. It's just, like, wild where it's like, why do we think baseball is different? And I think it's because to us, as in Americans, you, you still associate baseball with white people. Yes. <laughs> but baseball hasn't been run by white people in a minute. Quite some time. So. Yeah. Like, what, what means more? What? If the Dodgers, Dodgers win in the World Series, you go back to your home country. Oh, yeah. Like, cool. You bring back a trophy to Columbia in the WBC? Mm-hmm. Bro, you're a legend for life. Like, you're already that guy, mm-hmm. but you are that guy or those people when yeah. you come back to your hometown. And you're like, yo, like, I brought, I was able to bring my country some pride. You know, with with with, with uh, this trophy, so exactly. nah, I think it's great. I think it's great for the sport. Anybody that doesn't like it or appreciate it can kick rocks. Also, um, honestly, just looks it's more like spring training, right? It happens during spring training. Mm. These guys are going to be getting these reps anyway, so you can't make the whole case of oh, they got hurt in meaningless games. Well, what is what is spring training? Spring training is basically meaningless. Like on you, top of that, there's way too many fucking games of baseball. The majority of the games are meaningless. Can you believe like they have a 162 game <laughs> season? But they play a like a twenty five game season beforehand for spring training. I talk about that shit <laughs> all the time, bro. At the end of the day, if you can play two games in the same day, there's too many fucking games. Yes. In no sport, at the professional level. Okay, thank you. Should you be playing <laughs> two games in the same day? Yeah. 
like and we talk about that shit all the time of how like there's a reason no one ever sits here and goes oh load managing in baseball like you like you'd be laughed at you like, mean your load managing is happening during the game motherfuckers <laughs> literally can take chunks off at a time and literally be like yeah like we're just chilling like these games don't matter right now like, the fact that you can go through a game <laughs> like let's say you play right field there's a chance there's always a chance that you don't actually catch the ball or have anything come mm-hmm. towards you which is hilarious oh but yeah no it's this is great and if, if anything i think this is better than uh spring training because these games actually have high intensity so mm-hmm. we'll get you more geared up for yeah. and then you have the play. pageantry of all the other stuff with it too so yeah. if you're a spectator it's more engaging because the atmosphere is electric and that comes through on tv and we got arguably what is probably a baseball fan's wet dream to f- bottom to of the ninth, out, to yeah. close it out, bottom of the ninth, Mike Trout, arguably the greatest American baseball player we have in the league right now, and Shohei Otani, who is probably the best athlete we have in the MLB right now, going face to face. Yes, they're teammates, but yo, who would have? That's the thing; it can't happen. It can't happen in MLB, but it happened in the World Baseball Classic, like we were seeing. Uh, and the thing is, if it did happen in the MLB, it wouldn't matter. It wouldn't mean anything because this matchup could happen on like a random June thirteenth, mm-hmm. and who cares? Who cares? It's it, Nobody cares about it. June thirteenth game. Nobody cares. But man, look, juice, bro. You uh, Schwarber hitting that home run off of uh, you, Darvish. Mm. Juice. I know he did that in the World Series, but like, this is juice. It it felt way more energetic. These mm. games. Um, so a lot of a uh, lot of good sights in the stands. I didn't know Venezuela was like that. Did not know Venezuela was like that. What do you this, mean? The team? No, not the team. The, uh, uh, oh, okay. The crowd. You. You're bugging if you didn't know that. Yeah, no, the crowd is... Uh... I didn't watch, but, like, I, I I get what you're saying. Picking up what you're putting down, <laughs> but, like, you're wild for... No, Venezuela... That. No, Venezuela themselves. Great team. Honestly, I'm surprised that they, they didn't get to the to, to the finals, mm. you know? Uh, but, yeah, it's just, it, was a good, it was a good time. And I hope uh, more people tune in next time because this is, is great. And I wish baseball would take uh, some of those aspects and put it in their game but also a really funny thing about randy rosen he was signing autographs mid-game while they were making a pitching change he's just throwing balls into like Tough. the stands oh it was it's great it's just there's joy around baseball yes oh you know who else sent a team great britain with those trash jerseys <laughs> those trash jerseys yeah the, the royal great britain is fucking nuts bro why are you even send a team or oh, this bat ain't flat <laughs> Where's a cricket ball in it? <laughs> pitch is the wrong size. Oh, shit. Real men don't need gloves. Is it just them and Israel, the only two countries that actually like really play cricket like that? India. Israel. India is better than cricket. No, I'm saying like that was in the World Baseball Classic. Oh, that. Um, oh, I, I don't know. Britain and, and Israel. I guess. Because like I never really the seen. Cricket teams are um, Australia, New Zealand, mm-hmm. England. Oh, Australia India, did have a baseball team. India, in. Pakistan, West Indies, Netherlands feels right. So teams that don't have basketball, got you. Essentially. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Oh boy. That was crash. Are there any NBA players from England? Ben Gordon. That was the only one. Oh boy. That's the only one I can think of. He went to you know it's funny, he went to Mount Vernon mm-hmm. high school, right next to my town. Um Damn, that's a good question, honestly. But uh, if only we had someone with a laptop who normally sits to my right, but don't be using it. 
It's kind of crazy because my laptop's in the other room too, and I just did not bring it in. No, I won't. But I know. I know you were shading. That's not your responsibility. That is true. That is true. I almost left it at home too. That's how much of a non responsibility it is for me. But, ah, yes, WBC always. That is a good time. Good time. Uh, let's see what else is uh, going on in the uh, the world, John. Well, you, um, you know, we haven't been here to talk about it, um, but you can share your feelings with the world about um, your new quarterback situation. Well, I mean, it's not set in stone yet. Yeah, Packers but... kind of being some babies over there, uh, you know. But Aaron Rodgers did come out and say he wants to be a Jet, so that's a great, you know, step. Uh, it's just a matter of not, I guess, if but when. It happens, and if by some weird reason it doesn't, I guess you pivot towards Lamar, but all indications kind of seem like the Aaron Rodgers thing is pretty much set in stone. It's just a matter of, like, crossing, you know, crossing the T's, dot and I's type of thing and just what type of draft compensation you're going to be sending over to the Packers. Jets also just got Mikael Hardman, uh, Mikael Hardman, and they traded Elijah Moore to the Browns, which means there's an open roster spot for a one Odell Beckham. That'd be, that'd be, oh my gosh, that'd be fire. Bro, getting Odell and A. Aaron Rodgers in the same offseason. But my only fear is that it's not a case of like, oh, it's going to be Brett Favre all over again. It's not because Aaron Rodgers, Aaron Rodgers at this point in his career was playing much better football than Brett Favre. Like, let's not forget. Two two MVPs. Two MVPs. Like, come on now. Come on now. My only fear is that the AFC is so stacked quarterback wise than the nfc that you just like and you're gonna have to get over the hump that is patrick mahomes and andy Reid. Mm-hmm. now granted the enemy is now in washington so i don't know how maybe that offense takes a little step back hopefully for my sake but i mean sake, i'm also in the fucking afc that's true you are with, with Lamar. championship aspirations with lamaga quarterback but i mean mm-hmm. if, if i would think like if you don't get to at least i don't even know like i feel like if you don't even get to the super bowl for us, no. For for me, for the yeah, Jets, if like if it's Aaron not, a, it's not a, it's it's a failure. Like no, even I think, if if, get, I think in year one, in year one, if you get to the, um, you got to get to the at AFC least, championship. You got to get to at least the AFC championship. You, in year one, you get to the AFC championship. You feel all right. But at the end of the Rogers tenure, if all you have is like just made it to the AFC championship twice, uh, it's then it's like being a Nets fan. Hey, look, man, we haven't been to a conference finals in. Decades. All right. I'm just saying. But then it's like you're no better than like the Mark Sanchez. Like you've done, you've accomplished just as much as Mark Sanchez. And I'm not saying that Aaron Rodgers is Mark Sanchez by any stretch of the imagination. But, you know, at that point, the Jets had a great defense and just needed a quarterback to get them through the game. At this point, you have a Hall of Fame quarterback with a defense that's almost comparable to that with just as many star. I think even more star studded on all three levels. Um, Chuck Clark was a great addition. But it's just, I don't know. I, I, I don't want to get my hopes up too much because, yes, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time is coming, but I'm a Jets fan, and I've seen this story before where I get my hopes up and everything is looking great, mm-hmm. kind of like this year, started off 7-3, and three, and shit hits the fan. Even, mm-hmm. like, the Brett Favre years. Like, the Jets actually—people always, like, want to throw shade at that whole situation, but the Jets actually started off the season really, really well. Favre got hurt, and then the we just had that shit game in Seattle. The, um— the dude the guy who's on the first time it was talked about that i brought it up where i said it i thought it was canty but it wasn't canty bart scott it was not bart scott was it a new york sports guy he played for the jets well ledger doosable willie cologne what position does he play 
Is it the guy on ESPN? Yes. Oh, uh, Damian Woody. Yes. Yes. He was the one who brought it up when it was first. He's talking. He's like Aaron Rodgers. You know, just talking. And he's like, people gave a shit with the whole Aaron, um, Brett Favre thing. But he was like, we were good till he got hurt. Yeah. And he was like, if he we he didn't get hurt, like we would have gone really far. Yes. So, and you guys are in a better situation now. Better situation. So I think like it's a real thing that like you that pressure is going to be coming. Those that atmosphere is like going to be a thing, and that's why I I can put it akin to the Nets me, in the sense of like this is your once this happens, it is you need to have a Super Bowl in the next three years. Yes. Period. Yeah. If you don't, it was a failure. Yes. You can go to the conference each year. You can go to the AFC Championship each year. It's yep. a failure without a Super Bowl the next two years. Yep. And that's just, it is what it is. But I think it immediately makes you the best team um, in your division. I also think you need to win your division. Um, yes. I think it makes you the best team in your division, period. Like, yeah. Better I talk than the about Patriots. The Bills all the, than I the, talk about the Bills all the fucking time yeah. about how they're not as good as everyone thinks they are. Um, yeah, better than the Patriots. Fucking who knows if Tua is gonna play football for more than two games again. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's and shout out the, the um Dolphins make good moves too. But you know uh, what's crazy is the Dolphins are really a quarterback way too because I really like mm-hmm. the pieces and the additions they made. Yeah, the defense all season. Yeah. So they, you know, they're doing the things. They are, that's why I said if Lamar were to go anywhere, that would be if I'm Lamar yeah. Jackson, that's the place I would want to go. Um, then, but then you have that big bad wolf out west. Like, you're going to always have to get over Pat Mahomes. Like, yeah, Joe but, Burrow is still, like, I know that I, I respect the Bengals enough to be like, all right, they're no pushover. Like, no, they've gone not. to a Super Bowl. They're not. They're better than the Bills. Yeah. But so, I agree that you saw that big about Wolf, but it's the same thing. If they're, a lot of the big key pieces are another year older, and they were vulnerable. The the Chiefs were vulnerable. They definitely were vulnerable. They could have got, they could have gotten got. Yeah, but they could. You know what? That championship medal, that championship grip. Mm-hmm. But like you said, another guys, another year older. They've lost now. And, some pieces. and without being a mean, we see what. What's I'm very, like. I'm very interested to see how that all. See if the runs. rumors of um, if it's really just Andy Reid's offense and Bianami doesn't have a coaching job for that reason. Oh, are I true hope, or not? I hope not, though. Because that's what that was one of the things that they were saying. They're like, especially with the Ravens thing. I sat here and I was like, why would Bianami want to come to the Ravens if it's not a like? Why would he want to leave? It's not a head coaching job. And they're like, well. A lot of people think that the offense is Andy Reid. Mm-hmm. So I think Tyreek Hill said some of that shit too. Damn, Tyreek. So <laughs> how confident are you that Lamar will be suiting up for uh you guys? Very. I said it before, before all of this happened. Um, you know, he's gonna be our quarterback this next season. Like, regardless. I'm confident. Um so See, this is the one thing there. I was like, yeah, I was kind of saying we need to record that week because this is what what I, I wanted to talk about um, in regards to the Lamar situation. Um, well, Monty Jones had a really good thing about it, about why he thinks he needs an agent. Um, and it's not a knock on Lamar and the things that he's doing. It's more so of just like, it's more of just what an agent does. Like an agent doesn't just like, they have a relationship with you, but a big thing is to be the proper buffer because in any sort of contract negotiation, feelings get hurt. So the agent is there to kind of quell that to maintain a positive relationship between the two sides. Monty's talking about, he's like, my agent doesn't tell me until we're on like the third offer because feelings would get hurt in those times. The other part of it too is like, 
an agent does this. Like, sure, you can negotiate your own things, but how good are you going to be at negotiating contracts when you only do it whenever you're a free agent, right? So those those are parts of it, right? Um, the other thing is I had the full-on panic when it was like they're going to do this non-exclusive franchise tag and all of these things, and they give me the opportunity to walk. And I, I had that moment of panic, and then, you know, I thought about it more, and I listened to more things, and... And Ryan Clark talked about it, and it was a clip of him. And he was just like, they're literally like, listen, go out, go see what's out there, and then you'll see that we're giving you a good offer. Or if someone else gives you an offer you like more, we can match it. Yeah. Like, I don't I, I don't see a scenario where he's not a Raven, um, unless it's literally like Miami or some shit. Unless it's full on, like, this is where I want to go. I want no parts. And that's what, the longer it gets drawn out, the more worried I get about the, that relationship breaking down. And that's really what an agent helps to do. And I don't, like, everything I've seen, everything I've heard from both sides is, like, they would want to make it work. Like, Lamar, like, even leading up to the point, obviously, but it's, like, has a great relationship with the coaching staff, which the things he wants to be there, he understands the value. And they feel the same way. Right. It's still a business. So there is that side of it. And like it's one of those that like you're not going to really see it work out until it works out. The other things that I think and is like the fact that teams were so quick to say they don't want him. Yeah. is fucking insane. That's wild. It is insane. And because of that, it's also making the Ravens look bad because they were like, this might be some collusion or whatever it is. They're trying to find excuses and all of these things. But like one, it, it's stupid. And I forgot. It might have been one. It was someone who was talking about like, of course, this is the response from the rest of the league that undervalued him his entire college career and into the draft. Of course, this is the response from the rest of the league because they tried to tell him he shouldn't be a quarterback in this league in the first place. But for teams to outright teams like Atlanta to outright say that teams that all of this stuff is coming out like that's fucking stupid. This is an MVP. This is an MVP who what I think he's like 26. 25 26 like what are we doing we're not going to sit here and diminish the value of lamar jackson or even again try to label him as injury prone or any of those things like this is absolutely ridiculous and i just hate that he's having to go through this he doesn't deserve that at all but that bad deshaun watson deal puts us in the scenario honestly none of this happens if it's not for that yeah and uh, I also thought it was funny, like, everybody, you know, brings up the whole injury thing, but people wanted Jimmy Garoppolo. Mm -hmm. Jimmy Garoppolo has had, what, two mm -hmm. major knee injuries since he's led the, uh, since he led the Niners to the Super Bowl. Uh, so, you know, thinking that, oh, we're going to pass on Lamar, but, oh, yeah, we'd want a uh, more reliable quarterback like Jimmy G is kind of nuts when you really think about it. Um I it's, do agree with, like, the Bomani point of the, you know, you need an agent to be that buffer because, look, it, it's his job. His everyday job is to look through these contracts, <clears throat> look through all the wording, look through all the verbiage, <laughs> so you don't have to. Oh, John's dying, everybody. And to but, get the best deal for and you. And to get the best deal possible. So, <laughs> you know, it's, uh, it's, it's, I definitely think it's I one mean, of those think situations. About, yeah. Um, from the Jeter doc. Mm -hmm. Think about, how he talked about how things broke down with them. Yeah. And he had an agent, but he was doing it directly. Yeah. 
right? And you know, Cashman is different, mm. especially when it comes to like some comparing someone like EDC. But like that, just something like that just puts it into perspective of just like why it generally takes longer for people that are self are self represented. And this isn't saying that he can't do it. I'm sure for sponsorships and all those things, mm. by all means. But like, how is he gonna have a perspective about what good deals are when he, he legally can't talk to other teams before yeah. this point? He can't, and he has no one to like to give him counsel on yeah. it. Like, who has he, that? Can experience? he ask one of his teams, "Hey, what is the details in your contract looking like?" Like, if he asks, I'm sure in his he can, room. but none of them are fucking quarterbacks. Yeah, so it doesn't matter. None of them is to and, that tier. And I would assume most of the quarterbacks he has that relationship with, they probably like, yo, my agent knows all the ins and outs of it mm -hmm. you know like i know the the brief parts of it but like yeah. he's the one that knows like all the clauses and all the this and mm -hmm. all the that and like oh i have to play this amount of snaps know, and this amount of games the, like the quarterback will know the incentive mm -hmm. and the numbers and the money yeah. numbers that's it yeah but like <laughs> it's one of those that's like there's no reason um for him to get that much shit for the rest of it <laughs> it's like that's what's gonna happen he's you just don't have that experience until you have that experience mm. So that's why it's going is drawn out so long, but it's like the longer it gets drawn out, the worse it looks for the Ravens and for Lamar. But Lamar's always had a chip on his shoulder, and it just so even if it's not the Ravens, wherever he would be, Lamar's got something to prove again, which is a scary sight for the rest of the league. And he already feels like he has something to prove. This is true. So it's I don't know, like. There's just so many teams that just outright said they'd fucking don't want a quarterback. It's wild to me. And unless you have a top pick, I get it. Because you're like, why do I need to pay? Yeah. Unless you have a top pick or you already have your quarterback. Exactly. exactly. It makes no sense for... But, like, for a team like Washington to not be involved. For a team like Atlanta, um, I don't know if the Panthers said something. I don't know. I'm pretty sure the Panthers were out. But the Panthers are going to have yes, exactly. a pretty high pick anyway. So, But, like, other, you know, there's there's other teams that are just like, what are what are you doing? Like, what, what are you doing? But he doesn't deserve this. I said it before, like, if Lamar, I would question being a Ravens fan if we just flat out didn't give him a, a good offer. Mm. And he left. But you'd um, be fine if, like. If he if we gave him a good offer, him offer and, and he and just like, didn't want to stay, mm -hmm. no beef. Do you think that they at have that to point match we did our job? Anything that a team like if a team was to go, like, I think you, know, you do. Lamar three hundred million. I think you do. You have to match that. I think you do. Right? Because you don't have the assets. You're not the the teams the picks that would get you the quarterback that could no one can replace more, but the teams that get you a quarterback that can put you in a competitive situation like that, you're not getting those picks. They're not the ones signing Lamar. So it's it would just we just be setting ourselves back. Like, that's what it would be. I think if you're the Ravens, you got to match. Like, it would have to be something fucking ridiculous for you not to. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. I just think it's the best move for everyone. I think the faster it gets done, the faster you can move on. Because we're just sitting here and all these free agents are getting signed because they're waiting for that domino to fall. Yep. I still stand by them. Um, and we can pull up the tapes where I said, DeAndre Hopkins is most likely going to end up a Raven. When the Ravens like someone, they get their guy, even if it's fucking late. Saw some reports Giants sniffing around at that. Yeah. But um, one of the things is, like, imagine the Ravens, they, they do that, and then they get uh, Odell. Because nah, our, our OC has a good relationship with Odell and talked him up very highly in his press conference. Odell also has a good relationship with Aaron Rodgers. He have a 1,000-yard season with Aaron Rodgers, though. 
He will. <laughs> oh, man. That's, I mean, that's going to be... I mean, can you think of a wide receiver room better than... If Odell comes to the Jets, a wide receiver room better than that? Wilson, Odell, Mecole. Oh, why am I blanking on it right now? Alan Lazard and Corey Davis if he's not traded. I was going to say, I thought once you guys signed Lazard, I figured Corey Davis was... So the odd man before out... Before the Elijah Moore trade. So, all right, yeah. So Mecole was basically a Barrios replacement. Yeah, because uh, I figured... Once it was like, yeah, Zach Wilson not not the guy. Elijah Moore was like, I, I'm interested. Um. So and then once I saw that, like once I saw the Lazard signing, I'm like, Lazard is there to me to replace Corey Davis. Mm. So, and then you figure maybe Corey Davis gets shipped off to Green Bay in a potential trade. I mean, because Love is gonna need somebody to throw to. I don't think he got that value though. No, I mean as a throw in. No, you're gonna need you're gonna have to include picks for Rodgers. Yeah. Um, but it wouldn't be just a straight up like, oh yeah, a, a first rounder and I see you losing him. Um, that young tight end. Uh, who? The white dude. It's like we got three white dudes. I don't fucking know your tight ends, bro. Wait, the one who had a really good start to the season. Mm. Long hair, I want to say. Eh, he's he's all right. Tyler Conklin feels right. Conk. His name is Conklin. Yes. He's all right. I don't think there's. I don't think there's a huge market for him like that. I mean, I'd also be interested to see how many tight ends the Jets keep this year. I mean, mm-hmm. we got a stacked wide receiver room, so there's not much need for mm-hmm. tight ends, especially like most of them. Like, not to say they're blocking tight ends, but they're not yeah. big pass catchers like that. Yeah, but your offense is now completely shifted once you get Aaron Rodgers. This is true. I mean, you know who actually might benefit the most is uh, Uzama. Mm-hmm. Uzama might actually benefit mm-hmm. the most from Aaron Rodgers coming. But that's enough about the fool's balls. Yeah. In basketball, the Nets, uh, they stink. Get better, Paul George. Uh, it kind of sucks. I mean, yeah, man. terrible. I mean, I don't know. For- it, it really does suck because he's so talented. He's just always hurt. Not even always. I mean, that's part of the reason why he was like, great, I get to be the two, so I shouldn't be injured as much because I don't have all the pressure on me. And then Kawhi is hurt, so he's like, well, there goes that. But then, like, every time it's just Kawhi seems... gets back, and then he's like, ah, oh, I had to carry the load, and now I'm breaking down. Yeah, like, it's just every year with these guys, man. Yeah, huh. Ballmer just going to keep pouring money into it, though. I respect it, though. I respect it. I respect, I respect You're not going to sit here and say the Clippers aren't competitive. Bro. But... Ballmer, he one of them ones. Zion coming back, <sighs> maybe. Shit, man. I don't <laughs> know. talk about another guy that just... Dude, I need, can we, we need somebody to just build him some knees, some hamstrings, something. He need. I could do it. Like, John, you got to get into we you get, yeah, you gotta fly into needs, New Orleans. Zion needs to be on that John A. workout. Yeah, because this is ridiculous. That man, that when he's healthy, that is 27 and 10 and giving you highlight after highlight. Need him back in the league, man. Need yeah, him back. it's stupid. Um, Speaking of stupid, right now the Mavs are playing um, the Warriors. Uh, you know, we're recording this on Wednesday. And I'm so tired. Of Kyrie Irving being blamed for us losing. I thought you were just going to end it at. I'm tired. tired of Kyrie Irving. <laughs> oh, no, no. I'm not. Because honestly, Kyrie's played great. I have no complaints about Kyrie's play. It is not Kyrie Irving's fault that we're losing. Do you know whose fault it is, Justin? Is it Jason Kidd? It is Jason motherfucking <laughs> Kidd. It is Jason Kidd. The coach they showed for Black History Month. Wait, um, what? Yeah, they are talking about black coaches <laughs> in the league. And it was like, what, the time? Like, Nate McMillan. Because, like, I mean, what, and then te- it was technically it's not wrong, right? Big, technically <laughs> it is not wrong. But um, 
it is ridiculous. And like Mavs Twitter, better coaches and better GMs, and we say this shit all the time. But like, <laughs> Ruben posted a meme where it was like all the 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 players, and it was like, "Hey, coach, you know they're on a run right now. You should really call a timeout." Yeah, chill, and I'm, like, I'm watching, I'm the, watching game. the game. <laughs> yeah, yes. Like, it is absolutely fucking ridiculous. For one, Kristen Wood to not be closing out games for us. For Dwight Powell to be getting the minutes he is. I don't know how long I'm going to say this or how many times i got to say this. But, like, the man is getting is outplaying Dwight Powell every night and is not playing meaningful minutes. And then you'll get some people on Mavs Twitter arguing and being like, listen, Jason Kidd said he's trying to figure out the rotation. So he's just playing whatever. How is that fucking working for us? We're not winning games, and now we're destroying relationships with good players that could actually help us. I could sit here and say, like, yeah, when it comes to the playoffs, damn, Jaden Hardy is good. Why doesn't he play every fucking night? Why does Tim, and mind you, Tim went on a hot streak, but, like, why does he fucking Theo Pinson and Frank Nielakina in the game? Frank like, Nicolina. Why? There's no fucking reason. You're not going to sit here and say it's because of the defense, but, like, the things Jaden Hardy is giving you, do you see this? Seeing it. <laughs> like, it, that, the things Christian, like, Christian Wood outbeat Ray Bell's Dwight Powell every night with, like, 10 less minutes a game. Every fucking night and scores, like, double than him. We lose the rebound battle. Like, if you ever want to bet, a sure lock is pretty much the starting center versus the Mavericks rebounds. Take the over every <laughs> fucking night. Halftime, I think we had, like, 14 rebounds. They had 28. It was a two-point game because we can score the ball. But guess what? We can't do much fucking else. We're not playing defense. We're not rebounding. And we're not putting in the best players to put us in a position to win. This man is not calling timeouts when he needs to. He's not fucking coaching. He's not doing any rotations that make sense. Like, at one point I saw a highlight, and it was Kyrie, like, Bertans, Neil Aquino on the floor. Ew. Why? Ew. Why? That's gross. Maxi coming back helped somewhat defensively, mm -hmm. and he grabs more rebounds than Dwight, but that's not saying much. Like, and all I sit here and is just see drowning because now we can't even have the two of them play together because it's the same shit of I'm not going to run down Luca. Runs down Luca, so then Kyrie has to play by himself. Luca's finally back. Now we got to give Kyrie some rest, whether he's hurt or not, because we don't want the same shit to happen. Because, again, come playoffs. We have two players that can win you games and potentially win you a series on their own. Period. Mm -hmm. Kyrie Irving and Luka Doncic can do that. So I'm not necessarily worried about playoffs to that extent. But if the rest of the team doesn't do shit, it doesn't matter. One, it's a question of where are we going to be in this playoff race? Because we can lose on some fluke and a play in the way we're looking right now. And the West is competitive as fuck. We started one day, like, pushing fourth place and finished, like, at, like, seventh. So, it's, it's wild right Every now. loss matters because, oh, and, man. And all we're doing is losing these close-ass games because of, like, I forgot what was the last game I watched where I got so pissed off because the direct reason we lost was getting out. Re oh, it was, I think it was the Suns. The direct reason we lost was Dwight Powell giving up rebounds at the end of the game, giving them extra possessions to score. I think it was the Suns because I think they came back against us. That wasn't the not the KD Suns game, right? It might that have. Was a, it might have. Man, that was a while like ago. a week or two ago. I've been very busy. Um, but that wasn't like, a week or two ago. That was. A little we haven't recorded in a long time. Damn. But like, it's situations like that that is so obvious as to the reason why we're fucking losing. You're giving these teams extra possessions. You're 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 starting center. Averages four rebounds a game. 
It's gross. Ridiculous. It's gross. And and what are you gonna say? Christian Wood doesn't play defense. He plays more defense than motherfucking Dwight Powell does. Always has. Always as he's been in a Mavs uniform, and he busts his ass. I don't care how hard Dwight Powell plays. Put fucking JaVale McGee in. You're playing against teams with real centers, and you got a man who doesn't rebound. What are we doing? And you're wondering why they're getting all these possessions. Like, when you don't rebound, you have to play perfectly because you're not getting any extra chances. And you're already not playing defense, so clearly you're not playing that perfect to begin with. It's just like Kyrie is getting this bad rap. Is Kyrie the problem? All these things. Like, He's, I'm not going to seriously say he's locker room cancer. Maxi Kleber was like, Kyrie's my fucking guy. Like, the team likes him. He's playing well for us, but because we're not winning, it's always like, oh, man, Kyrie's going to score points, but they're not winning. He's doing everything he can to keep us in the games so that fucking someone else, mostly Jason Kidd, can fuck it up at the end. <laughs> so it's just frustrating. It's just a waste of time. And I sit here and I go, are we just going to go through Dirk just not getting help and whatever all over again? I will say this, though. There is one player that mentioned, you know, I'm going to go wherever I'm wanted, um, that I've been wanting on our team for a while, who would be a great compliment. Um, that, that wouldn't also happen to be a friend of uh, Kyrie Irving's, would it? it? It might be. but Not friend, but a mentee. Yeah, it might be. Um, also, I, I saw an athletic article talking about the Kyrie Irving race might be dying down. So how in are the Lakers even going to go for it in the offseason? Which is fine, because again, if Kyrie stayed here, I wouldn't mind. What am I? Luca fucks with him. He's he plays well for us. He does the things. He plays hard. Like he hasn't. There's nothing I can sit here and go. Kyrie is not doing. Get that man some help, and oh, the help is there. We have people on the swears team. He's me. We have people <laughs> on the team that can help him. That just are not getting minutes. There is no reason. For Jaden Hardy to not be getting more minutes. There's no reason for Christian Wood to not be getting more minutes. It's insane. White Dante. Uh, no, I feel I feel your pain. Uh, I also have a team that doesn't like to rebound. I also have a coach that is... But y'all not playing for nothing no more. What do you mean? Justin, what are y'all playing for? We have a fucking MVP candidate. Playoffs. I have a future MVP candidate on my team. Who? It's okay. Mikhail Bridges. Anyway. Um... Look, man, I I still I still want to compete for the playoffs. Like it's, but you still should want to compete every night. Yeah. But it's different levels of competing. But I don't want to lose. That's the thing. I I feel your pain with the rebounding thing. But my our problem is that we just don't have anybody else to rebound except for Nick Claxton. Um, I'm very disappointed. Like Dodo. Oh, uh, Dodo is disappointing. Oh, uh, the agenda is not is not thriving right now, John. He can't hit the bright side of a barn. He's barely rebounding right now. It's it's bad. It's bad, but I still hold faith. I still hold faith. Um, get Mikael Bridges some help. Jock- Once it gets warmer, he'll be fine. <laughs> Once we get playoff, I'm waiting for playoff. Maybe maybe when we get to the play-in, when we're facing like, facing like the Hawks or some shit like that, or the Bulls, maybe that's when he'll erupt for like his five five three-point game. And I'm like, all right, here we go. But uh, I feel like Spencer Dinwiddie's gonna go off in the play-in. He is so, and I, I knew this because he was on. The, I've watched him before on, on our team. But he's so hot or cold, man. It's just a team of role players, and you're asking role players to step up into bigger roles, and they've been used to. And make get credit to Mikael Bridges, like he's actually kind of stepped up, and yeah. is, you know he's averaging like 27 a game. But everybody else can't. Cam Johnson isn't built for being in a this big of a role. I don't think everybody else is built for this type of bigger role, and. Look, they're still not playing Cam Thomas, and which I think is wild. Look, 
Hey, but don't tell that to certain parts of Nets Twitter because they'll tell you, oh, he doesn't account to winning basketball because he doesn't pair, pass the ball enough and he doesn't play defense. Well, Seth Curry, to pass the ball. Seth Curry doesn't play defense, and he's just now recently started shooting better. But if we're losing games, how is anybody accounting to winning basketball? So mm-hmm. barely hold it. Actually, no, they're about to lose the uh, sixth spot tonight on Wednesday because the Heat are beating the Knicks. So, mm. yep. <sighs> It is uh, not all well in Nets land, but I'm going to the game Thursday, so hopefully I can see nice. Donovan Mitchell. Nice. I haven't seen, actually, that's, you know, it's, that's one of the rare players I have not seen. Really? Uh, yeah, yeah. So. Man, I just, it's just so frustrating when it's like we're supposed to compete. Like, mm-hmm. we're supposed to do these things. You don't want to sit here and waste a generational talent like Luka. But you're just not putting in positions to succeed. And I already get that frustration watching the fucking Ravens. <laughs> So, like, this shit is annoying as fuck. And especially it's annoying because it's literally direct decisions from the coaching staff doing these things. Mm-hmm. Like, fucking um, Greg Roman, direct decision by the coaching staff doing these things. This is Jason Kidd. Let's go. Jaden Hardy doing the things. Lucas swears he's me with these bounce passes. Oh, my gosh. Uh you know what's funny? Like, I've learned a lot about your team. Jaden Hardy has 26 points. Yeah. I'm about to say I learned a lot about Jaden Hardy just because of my job and having to write all these mm-hmm. things. And I'm like, damn. So I'm looking at his stats and, like, all these other advanced metrics. I'm like, Jesus. Why are you guys not playing this guy more? Like, wh- <laughs> what the hell is going on here? Like, like, I'm like, this guy feels much more reliable than uh, THJ right now. Yeah, it's literally like Jason Kidd is just, like, watching the game. He's like, damn, yo, someone should call a timeout. <laughs> It's, it's you, bro. It's you. And the thing is, like, the amount of heartbreaking losses that we got. And the thing is, it's one thing where we're doing it before and we're not supposed to be there. Where we're overachieving. Mm-hmm. Right? Where no one knew how good Jalen Brunson was at what we knew. Where people didn't know how good Jalen Brunson was at the time. Where the team was just, again, just full of role players, much like this year. Um, and we just go, all right, Luca's going to do Luca things. Maybe the team will give him a little bit of help. And when we're getting close games and we lose those tough games, it's different when you're not supposed to be there. Mm-hmm. We went to the Western Conference Finals last year. And now we got another all-star player in Kyrie Irving. Wait a second, Kai not playing tonight? No, because he was carrying the team on his back while Luka was hurt. And they were like, he hurt his foot. So uh, I saw, I I saw Dylan Brooks stepped on his foot uh, yeah. in the game. I also saw that awkward he didn't take Dylan Brooks' Yeah, that shit was mad funny. <laughs> I wouldn't take that shit either. But that's what like <laughs> like teams like the Grizzlies, who I don't think the Grizzlies are good, like are doing these things, which historically... John Morant struggles to beat the Mavericks. Like, the Grizzlies struggle to beat the Mavericks. But, like, they've won these games this year because most of them Luka didn't play in. And then on top of that, poor fucking rotations of not playing defense. All the things that attributed to us winning last year is not happening this year. Mm-hmm. Like, we have dead money with JaVale McGee. If we knew if we knew after month one he wasn't going to be in the rotation, and we didn't get rid of him. So we have dead money, who, again, can provide more value than Dwight Powell in a lot of these scenarios. It's not if you're playing a team that runs bigs that has actual bigs like the Suns. Why are you fucking playing Dwight Howell? Your main ro- Dwight Howell, your your main rotation should be between Christian Wood and Joe McGee at that point. If DeAndre Ayton's on the floor, it's like literally the end of the game. Ayton is cooking, and you're not putting in Christian Wood. Last time we played the Lakers, same thing. You're not putting in Christian Wood, who fries against the Lakers. Like it doesn't make any fucking sense. It's like he really just doesn't Jason Kidd has no concept of the amount of control he has 
I was say we could we could watch to the end. Yeah. Carl, like ten. that that was a bad possession. Like <coughs> cuz like you know the ball has to go to Luca. Yeah, but oh damn, damn Draymond. But like Christian Wood doing that, like you got to you got to try and make something there. You can't just bring it back to him there. Especially when Christian wasn't playing well. So I don't I don't love that decision though. Carl Towns, 20 points, 4 rebounds, <laughs> 3 assists in 25 minutes. They have five minutes left in the game, and they are down by one. Revolving fucking door. Maxi playing his ass off. Reggie Blood getting screened by Draymond. No one coming to help. Oh, damn. Good seal, Draymond. Yeah, but, like, that would be Jaden Hardy coming under to help. Mm. All right. 8.5. See, why do I feel like I know the play that they're about to run? This is... I don't keep Reggie Bullock in here. Oh, never mind. Oh, shit. Oh, no, don't. No, why are we? You see? That why? was that was the play. Why are we doing for it? That's your coach. That was the out-of-bounds play. Timeout. But you don't even have a timeout left. That was your out-of-bounds play. So, even hypothetically, if you make the basket. You got to go the length of the floor. And they have to. Boom. So, you make the basket with five seconds left. They inbound it. You foul. You'd have about 3.9. You'd still have to go the length of the court to shoot a three. That's the out-of-bounds play that the coach shows. Why would you? But you need a three in that. Yeah. yeah. I, I can see. You see? Yeah. And, and this I, is what it's like. Every yeah. fucking game that's close. That, I, I, don't, I don't know, man. That's just. The decision-making is abysmal. Like, they were. The fact that they were, like, they were giving you that, too. There's a reason why you had a, such a direct line to Luka on that pass. A two doesn't hurt you in that situation. Oh boy! That's like, just, what is the point in doing that, right? When with the lineup you have on the floor. All right, let's 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 double check this real quick. <laughs> Josh Green, two of three. Jaden Hardy, six of nine. Maxi Kleber hit a, hit a three. He's one of three. And that's what you decide to do when you need three points. With eight seconds left. Yes. This is this is honestly why I don't really watch as many games. You just get upset. Yeah, because, like, we don't play defense, so the games always end up close, whether you have a big lead or not. And this is the decision-making that our coach does in these close games. All right. Now that we are done with sports, it is time for the first of our anime segments. It's been a while, but we weekly. Um, I know we're three episodes back on Tokyo Avengers, but we just did two for this week, so it's not a whole, whole bunch. So we did episodes 8 and 9 of Tokyo Avengers Christmas. Sorry, 9 and 10 of Tokyo Avengers Christmas Showdown. Um, yeah, I mean, it left off with, like, Mikey showing up. Uh, and it was some shit, man. You know, it was the ending of the immediate conflict this episode. Uh, Mikey opens the door. This was the power of the pen that we've seen the most. But I'm okay with it, right? He has that moment where he goes... My brother and Baji told me to come. And people talk about hearing signs and stuff like that from, you know, people, people they lost all the time. So that's why, like, I think it was a tasteful power of the pen moment. It wasn't, like, egregious, like, in JoJo's. Um, I, I liked it. Um, I'm glad that, like, some of the things that I, I was, like, pretty sure I remembered how it went did end up going that way. Like, um, like, Draken beating up everyone outside. Yes. Like, all of that. Um... My, my, my notes are really just like 
How are y'all feeling when Mikey got knocked out? That first punch. I was like, damn, how nobody see this man just come across the aisle like that? Because it was a good bit of, it was a good distance <clears throat> between Mikey and, and Taiju. So I'm like, damn, for him to come through with that punch, it was crazy. Man, put him like, like punched him in the, mm-hmm. the ground. I was like, hmm. That's crazy, but I always knew in the back of my mind Mike was gonna get up. Like, mm. there's no everybody else was taking absolute. Like Takamichi but, himself took mad punches from Taiju, so there was no way Mike was going down with just one punch. I think they set it up nicely though. When he got hit, where Takamichi's like, "Damn, Kasaki's talking about how he thinks Mikey's vulnerable right now. Mikey's been going through all this shit with everyone dying and the mm. way he's feeling. Like he's 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 not his normal self, mm. right? So like they set it up to be like, fuck." You know what I mean? Like, was that your initial response? Like, uh, just like, oh shit! Like, this might not work out the way we think. It might be some other shit. Nah, it was more so just like, damn! Like, how he get across the room that fast, mm. and how are they gonna get out of this one? It was it just, it felt like one of those like, all right, they're gonna rally, but how do they rally? How'd you feel about it, Matt? No, yeah, I think my initial response was that it was done. Um, I mean, I knew obviously that wasn't it. Yeah, but at but the same like, time, you don't have the same experience with Mikey. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's another thing, too. This is my first introduction to Mikey as, like, an actual character that's doing something. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I honestly thought that was it. But uh, I wasn't really sure how they were going to get out of it. But power of the pen a little bit, I guess. I don't know. But even the power of the pen, for me, having this... Like, it didn't seem that... Like you're saying, it didn't seem that crazy. Yeah. Like... Even if it's even like the whole impulse thing, like anybody in that situation could have easily just had that intuition mm-hmm. with the context of everything else that was going on. Like, it's not like it just came in, came into him like a and dream. And we find out more about it in episode ten. Right. Like once we found that 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 backstory, yeah. it was like okay, well, it's not totally yeah out of the question. Yeah, we, so. we we see um Todoroki's backstory when man's coming out of juvie in the heels. Um, nah, like, can we address this? Like, they just casually, like, put that on the screen. Like, why was this man really wearing some Louis Vuittons? Like, what's going on here? I had a red bottoms. Yo! That <laughs> shit Louis was... Vuittons. Yo, this is insane. Like, man, this could give Catwoman a run for her money with these heels. Like, and the fact that, not only that, he walked straight out of, what was it? What was the school? Um, reform prep school. It's he like walked juvie. right out of... Re- it's like juvie. He walked right out of juvie. Walk in his the, gang uniform. In his gang <laughs> uniform. Walk with Coco to Coco's school. He's like, yo, I know this bad, you know, I know this bad MFR at my school. You know, he kind of tough. He could he could help us bring back the Black Dragon. My son said, I don't give a, I'm going to beat his ass. He I ain't never like, lost a fight. Nigga pulled up to him. Yo, your name is Taiju? Yo, we outside right now. Taiju's like. I got to talk to you for a minute. All right. Hey. All right. My son said, Man's you better beat, make this I, I mean, at, you think this is like. <laughs> it was him kneeling. With the heels, with the heels that, on, that, that <laughs> yo, weak, I'm like, nah, this Where is. It's like this when, is crazy when you're a little scene. kid and you gotta get groceries from the car, yep. and like, yep, and there's uh, only, only your mom's, mom's shoes, shoes right by the yep. door. It's like, all right, but nah, that's what? What? Do you, dog was really in the, not even the kitten heels, nah. Bro, them, I don't do, even know his real name. Like, them he is joints click clacked while he walked across <laughs> the floor. Yo, that's insane. Yeah, but now and then we learn about Taiju. First of all. Third was third semester, uh, third year middle schooler. Mm-hmm. First of all, that nigga got held back twelve hundred times. Like that was nah. You know who he remind me of, bro? That nigga remind me of Torvald from Hey Arnold. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, Torvald. He's he's a fourth grader. He just got left back twice. Yeah. <laughs> like okay, 
A man can drive a car. He can drive stick. It's ridiculous. <laughs> he has a whole child. Oh my goodness. Also, what was with that cutscene where like Taiju's like growing up training arc where he was just like fighting one hundred adults in like black suits? <laughs> oh, oh was, they were they were just like when, showing like just when, how tough he is. Like the idea was like Mikey gets knocked out and um that was when like the Todoroki dude comes up and is just like yo like y'all don't understand taiju is the strongest he's a problem (laughs) i've seen him so that was just to sort of build up like i guess the legend of taiju to be like it's not just so weird he was just fighting like an army of like men in black yeah pretty much (laughs) he's just just showing like his strength like oh yeah how different he is he's crazy um and when Mikey gets up, and they're like, oh, well, you know, Mikey should be able to get up. Ta- like, fucking Tagamichi took those punches. Mitsu took those punches, whatever. And then they're like, oh, he still might be wobbly. And my son just went, yeah, nah, like, I took that punch because, like, I deserved it. I've been fucking around. Like, that was my punishment. <laughs> like, it was one. Of, it was a shit where whenever you see it, especially in sports stuff, where someone fucks up and they, like, slap themselves on the face. And they're like, all right, I'm good. I'm ready. Like, that was essentially it. He was just like, <laughs> he was like, yeah, I've been fucking up. Now, you know what that reminded me of? Remember in uh, Longest Yard when uh, the cons found out that uh, Adam Sandler was, like, was supposed to throw the game or something like that, right, so they just right. didn't block for him? <laughs> so he's, at the time, he's like, all right, fine, I deserve that. I'll do it myself then. It's pretty much Mikey. He's like, right. I deserved it. So And then he kicked him in the face with the steel toes and the power of friendship. Power of friendship, See, damn it. You don't have the full background. Mikey learned karate as a kid. So like I think his, I remember hearing about that. So yeah. Like his kicks are like, oh, in the in the recap. <laughs> yeah. So like his kicks are like a big thing. His yeah. whole thing is like usually he beats everyone in one kick, but they build up Taiju to be the way he is, and my son Mikey still beat him in one kick, and my son Taiju he eventually did get up and went, man, this shit ain't over. This ain't no one on one. This is gang shit. <laughs> he was like, I ain't really lose. did. He was, he really I, didn't like, lose. I got a hundred thousand niggas outside the club right now <laughs> ready to whoop your ass. <laughs> <laughs> then uh Coco goes out. Like, Coco. There. He's like, Coco, go get him. <laughs> Coco, round up the bitches. <laughs> Coco went out there. He was like, Oh, you're right. We're not alone. Yo, My boss. Son was like, uh, <laughs> boss. And it was mad funny where like <clears throat> not only dropping the steps, but when like um Oh my god. Mitsuya. And, um, a Ken or something? What the fuck? Well, Mitsuya. What's the fucking uh, Baji's boy? I can't remember his name. Chifu. Chifu. Mm. Mitsuya hey. Chifu was like, yo, shit ain't over. Everybody get, get ready, get, get your second win. <laughs> we gotta fight a hundred of these motherfuckers. He's like, we got Mikey and Dragon now. M-O. No, and then, you know, Dragon, Dragon, they're like, Mikey's here. He took out Taiju, but shit ain't over. Job not finished. Job not done. And then Mitsuya looks at, um, oh my god, Hakai, and he was like, Second division got to do our shit, bro. We not done fighting. He was like, all right, let's do this. <laughs> they was ready, bro. When they ran out, bro. Draken walks up. Oh, we y'all running too? <laughs> what y'all got going on yeah. in here? What you know what I think is actually really funny about this show? Especially, like, being that they're so young. Is that, like, in a way, that's deadass how you felt if you were, like, especially for you guys, like, who played sports. Like, if you were playing, like, lacrosse in, like, ninth grade, and like the seniors came out, like the the difference in like just physical development yeah. of across, like they literally f- probably to a to a degree at the time it was like a superhero just walked in just because like they're so much bigger and stronger. Mm-hmm. 
And I feel like that's kind of like th- what this show is. Because like, you have all these kids that are like supposed to be in middle school or some shit. And it's like these kids that are like slightly older just coming across as like heroes. And See, it's whatnot. funny you say that, Matt, because now I have to make, we need somebody to make an edit of, uh, what do you call it? Oh, now Takamichi of uh, Mikey pulling up on his bike and the song uh, Superhero by Future. <laughs> it's just playing in the background. Like, cause that's honestly how it be sometimes. <laughs> this man be walking up. Cra- yeah, bro. What I do find, like, <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me, but like, I I would like to see a little bit more fighting. Like, I feel like a lot of the fights that happen in this show happen off screen. That's only this season, cause motherfuckers were scrapping. No, season one. they were. They, we they saw, were fighting. We, we saw the drawn out fights in we the did. first season. The the one in the warehouse, and then the one at the uh, Halloween mm-hmm. bloody Halloween. We did and, see those. And what was the other one? When um. The one in the parking lot, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. And when all the all the division captains pulled up, mm-hmm. yeah. All right, so, so yeah, yeah it's, it's like so yeah. I'll, I'll preface that. I'll rephrase that and say like yeah. Season two, I feel like a lot yeah. of stuff is happening. Season two is more plot. Mm. There's still a ton of plot in season one, but like I, I would, feel like season one was like we gonna show you all the action to get the to get the other people. <laughs> We're gonna draw you in, yeah. And then to get you invested, and then season two was like so much more plot and establishing and all that, and like I feel like that's what they did. Um, but I don't know if it's going to end here, if it's about to be a mid-season or what, because there is, you know, as of this point, um, there is an episode 11. Mm. Um, usually things are around 12 episodes if they do a mid-season. Normal seasons are 24 episodes. We'll see where it goes. Um, but yeah, like uh, any other feelings as a resolution? Um, I, I think that, you know, you, you had a moment where you said episode nine and the resolution was so anticlimactic. Um, I don't know if you want to, like, I have a response to that. I don't know if you want to expand on that a little bit. And then, Matt, if you also share, like, his sentiments, especially, like, not having as much of a background. Yeah, I don't know. It's just, like, the whole Black Dragon buildup and then Taiji being, like, this imposing figure. And, like, yes, I get it. Like, Mikey super kicked him in the face. Army is gone. But I guess, I, you know, honestly, I think I kind of wanted it more so, like, the first season. Like, where we saw it was the buildup to bloody halloween and we saw oh shit niggas is really scrapping like everything 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 um with this it was just and uh what is it called mike even i mean mike even said it beforehand he was like yo like yeah he's strong but he don't got no heart he don't got the dog in him so it's easy to break his will which i guess you know i get it in the context yeah, of the story i really said yo you, you ain't got no heart. yeah the dog so i get it in the context of the story but like i guess me personally i kind of wanted like yo like I would have loved to see an actual battle between Mikey and Taiju because they're the two strongest people that we've seen in the show so far. So to only get combined two hits, one punch from Taiju, one kick from uh, uh, Mikey was a little bit anticlimactic for me. And like, that's all it took for Taiju to basically throw in the towel was, all right, he gets the one kick, but he comes up, oh, no, nah, I'm going to have my peoples up in here. And he sees his people and it's like, oh, damn, now he's done. It's like, ah, at least go down swinging. I know we don't got the heart, but, like, damn, nigga, like, you're big and bad. Like, at least, like, throw your weight around or something. Well, I, mean, I think that's exactly why it had to happen that way, though, because it was it, mm-hmm. it proved what Taiju really is at his core, you know? And that's how I feel about it, too. I think the fact that it, it was anticlimactic showed more, um, especially from the fact that Draken and Mikey haven't been in this season much. Mm-hmm. Like, and how difficult it was to get through the last fight and everything like that. It was, like, their time to be, like, we came through all that shit. 
as the strongest and now we're stronger than ever and to prove that point especially after kasaki was like yo mikey's vulnerable all of these things you know shit's falling apart this is when everything goes to shit da, da, da. like you know even from the future like this is your turning point right now right so i think that was the point like i think we got all that drawn out stuff we got the drawn out fights in the lead up to the church we just didn't have the drawn out fight with mikey and draken because it was to show that toma has the two most boss motherfuckers around running this shit mm. it was literally like that of just and also like you're saying like to show that yeah taiji was the most physically imposing person here so far but his actual weaknesses and then to that finish that conversation like of mikey being like you ain't got that dog in you and like when they went they go well draken beat everyone outside mikey beat him up and he lost the world to fight like we're done here we, we can skedaddle mm. um to where like you know the homie with the heels and coco they were like see you like we done with you black dragon's black dead. dragon done yeah um to hakai going yo if you're gonna beat on us i'm gonna fight like we're not doing that shit no more like shit ain't sweet and now you know that i got people behind me that will beat your ass um and same thing where Su you know that you get that moment with suzia where it's like the oh we gonna save him sort of shit where she's like you like I, it was gonna be one of those go to therapy shits where it was like yeah when mom died you were angry all the time and you blamed yourself but you didn't talk to anyone it was like i did the same shit like i i bought it up too but like one of us I, was, one of us didn't beat up on our siblings <laughs> it was like one of us went the other fucking way and decided to distance ourselves because like what the fuck does family mean anyway and tear free going i did not want but like he's like i wanted to kill you and hakai going killing was wrong and she was like nah i wanted to kill you she's like I hated you, but I still loved you. But like, I hated you, you know, like that whole thing. And we see like, you know, into into episode ten, um, with the further conclusion, right? With the the after effects. So we see um, uh, Takamichi and Hina. Hina knew what was up. You know, we were all upset. Like, why don't Takamichi just tell this bitch? You know, that's her dad. Mm -hmm. But she knew. She knew. She pressed her dad. Because uh, she went right after the breakup. She mm -hmm. went straight to, to her dad, right? Yep. Yeah. She was like, what'd you do? And he admitted it. And she's like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then, you know, she goes to the shrine. She's Emma. And then we get the backstory of how they end up there. Right? You know, Emma's like, yo, go get Takamichi. And they're like, I don't know where the fuck he is. And then that's Better where Mikey. go find him. <laughs> and that's where Mikey goes, yo, I know I heard Mitsu's shit. Like, they're probably together. Mm-hmm um you know and it leads us so that i think it gives a little bit more of that like power of the pen wasn't super power of the pen right um <coughs> um and what we get the the little um flashbacks with uh draken and um mitsuya i think it was cool to show that uh mitsuya has someone that he looks up to as well like how hakai looks up to um mitsuya mitsuya has draken that he looked up to since he was a little kid also, for my uh, Hunter Hunter people, my son Mitsuyo, when he was a youth, looked like Killua. And he was dressed like him, too. I don't know if that was a little nod or whatever. Um, but, like, that was cool. So, we get the whole twin dragons of a uh, Tomon thing. Um, and my son Takamichi getting all the bitches. And we see, you know, we get into those similarities of, like, Takamichi was really, like, um, uh, Mikey's brother. Mm -hmm. where he was just like bro he couldn't fight but like people just kind of gravitated he's a, but he's a great leader yeah he was yeah. a great leader and like he was dependable as fuck mm. so i thought that was really cool like you know getting to add more depth to the character and overall in the bigger story of just like oh, okay we made it through this night 
We did. We accomplished the things that we needed to. Hakai didn't kill. Um, Taiju. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone made it out, and then he was like, "Oh shit, Hakai didn't kill. Or Yuzu killed him." And then he took the fall. Mm-hmm. And saving happen. that scenario, yeah. right? Everyone made it out alive. And Black Dragon's gone. Oh yeah, exactly. So that so means no more. So that means no Black Dragon to corrupt my in the future. Uh huh. Uh yeah. So it's one of those. This is a nice scenario where we get to see things work out, and we go, "What's gonna? What's the next thing gonna be?" Well, the next thing has to be. I don't. I'm actually surprised they didn't address this, but there's two people here that know that uh, Kasaki, Kasaki, and Old Boy are traitors, mm. right? Chifu and Takamichi know that, but nobody said anything. Mm-hmm. Like immediately after, because obviously, like you know, emotions are high, tensions are high. We just, oh shit, we just got out of that shit. But even like a few days later, because it's Christmas now, and they met up on New Year's to mm-hmm. go to the festival. So like maybe they address it in the next episode. But I'd be very interested to see like, yo, Kasaki was telling you was sweet, Mikey, and old boy that was with him. Yo, we know they's from Valhalla, and look, it was your decision to put him in this. So we got to deal with this because he's still currently head of the third division, right? As far uh, as we Kasaki. Know. As so far as we know. <laughs> you got. A literal and snake. That's the biggest division. Yeah, you got a literal the, snake. The members, yeah. yeah, yeah, nice. Um, and the other Bad thing timing. about that too is that there was a little foreshadowing where they go, "Oh, the next meeting we're gonna, we're gonna t- like talk yeah, about this," like, and they were like, "We have to," but they don't really go into what it could be. Ooh, you think it might be? Uh... Well, I'm asking, like, what? What? Like, I think I, I feel like it has. To, it, has it has to, to be, be the Kasaki thing. The Kasaki thing. Okay. Got like, because Kasaki literally just double crossed mm. two members and put them at risk. Mm. So, you you have any thoughts about what they're going to talk about in the next meeting? Usually that's where they like, I don't know if they did it this season, but that's where they announced like Takamichi being, the, they usually announce the division commanders. Right, yeah. Like I remember seeing a part of that. Mm. I mean, I, I would say it's either that or somebody's leaving and there's going to be a spot open mm. that maybe Takamichi would fill, aka maybe Mikey or Draken or something. Mm. Interesting. But Mike, but let's see, he's already first division captain, right? Yeah. Hmm. And Mikey's title was technically what? Just president or? Yeah, he run this shit. And then Draken is vice president. Mm-hmm. So there's nobody else really after them except for just the division captains, right? I know that I read more like past this point, mm-hmm. but I don't remember. Only thing I remember is the very end. Right. So like I have a gap on my memory, so I really have no idea what the announcement is. <laughs> so I, I am curious. I don't. I think that's the one flaw with yours is that like I just don't think the only other place to move up would be like that one or two spot. Yeah. And I feel yeah. like it's too early. Right. Especially after Mikey just went. And they see it though. Like you know he sees it where he was like, I know I'm not the best leader. I know my brother is the best leader and you're like my brother, so you would be a better leader than me. Mm-hmm. But he goes, That's why I need you to help keep me in check. And that was that conversation when Mikey tells him that and he was like, Yo, like you're a better leader than me you never like lose yourself and you don't let anyone cause you to lose yourself so like i need you to help keep me from doing that and usually that's what draken does mm-hmm. so like draken getting help on that i think is also a, uh, <laughs> a big thing too and then it just finishes with my son takamichi getting all the bitches because now suzy uh suzuha is in love with him too yeah i didn't see that coming i thought that felt i thought, it was, I thought it was mitsuya but i get it I get it. I'm like, I feel he did the one thing. Little forced. Little for I'm not gonna lie. I don't I don't feel I a little forced. You know, and a lot of times they do that with like I mean, they did it with uh, Subaru. Where all the bitches end up loving Subaru. That's true. But But I mean he's Subaru, so like how can you not love Subaru? That's different. Wait, all wait, all the bitches didn't love Subaru. <laughs> all of them? Most not, of them. Not in like the not in like the same type of way. 
Yeah, mostly. Remember when he had to meet up with all the other bitches who were trying to be the queen too, and like he basically won all of them over. And like three of them were like, honestly, if you wasn't so. Oh, actually, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. But it makes sense because Susie literally was like, he did the one thing that I've been trying to do my whole life. Save my brother. And then she's like, I can't look at Mitzi that way. He's like a brother to me. Again, I don't know. Just feels very like how long have you known? I'm just saying he's just continuing to show that he's just a better main character. I mean, he's a great main character. Fantastic. Wait, damn, Deku slander. That's crazy. Why? Mind you, I gotta catch him on my hero. But, I'm like, damn, Deku ain't deserve that slander. First of all, Deku not even my favorite character in that yes, show. Yes, he does deserve it. Uh, because the best character is Gentle Criminal. But, <laughs> but, I don't know. It just felt like, all right, you've known him for, I guess. I don't know. So that means anybody that helps her out with family shit, she's going to have a crush on? It could have been anybody? What other family shit is there? I don't know, John. I'm just saying. He saved her life, stopped her from murdering her brother, unlocked her brother's potential and basically stopped the cycle of abuse that they've gone through man look <laughs> and and he won everyone over by not backing down from taiju while everyone else cowered and taking all those hits should have just gone to therapy like, person, <laughs> man. that should we could have cleared that Speaking shit of, all the way up funniest part of that fucking last episode was when taiju goes like I'm not gonna change my ways, but like I know violence isn't the answer now. No, but that that was literally two <laughs> seconds after he said, "Yeah, I kind of wish I, I was I wasn't able to change uh, Hakai." And I'm like, "Really?" My son went, "Bro, so, who is Takamichi? Like, how would he do it?" Are you t- <laughs> do you, really? So you're it took you this long to figure out that hitting your brother for years and years and le- years and beating the shit out of him wasn't gonna change who he was? Astounding. Yeah. He went, he went, Astounding. I now know violence isn't the answer, but I'm not changing my way, so I'm just going to leave you two alone. <laughs> like, I don't know what they're going to do because he was their source of income for I the was house. Gonna, I was going to ask that same question. Because the parents aren't ever home. So, like, yeah, wouldn't it? <laughs> maybe, maybe the parents still give them money. Well, well, the mom, well, it can't be the parents. The mom's, mom's dead. dead. And the dad is maybe just the, on business a lot? Yeah, maybe the dad makes good money and gives them money, but, like, they, uh, then again, all his money went to fucking Black Dragon, so. This is true. So he probably wasn't helping out the house anyway. It was still able still to keep the lights on, though. It was a pretty nice house. But that could be the dad. Wait, so which <laughs> money is going to the Black Dragon? Is that <coughs> the bodyguard money that Taiju gets. I thought he was just renting out Black Dragon to people. He Well, they said he, he put all the money. <laughs> <laughs> they said he put all the money to get their uniforms and shit. He's the one who brings the money because he's ah, the leader. Okay, okay. So, okay. There's no more Black Dragon anyway, so. Yeah. So wait, he could still be a bouncer or some shit. I, I just, I mean, this might just be a knowledge gap because I haven't seen season one. But like, the reason why we're here is because Takamichi went back in time to change the future. Mm-hmm. Yes. So is it ever addressed? What do you mean? Or is it just like new timeline? Oh no no no! no he, goes he goes back. back. Yeah yeah. That's how this. He just all, hasn't gone back in a while. Started with him getting like he was about to get murdered in the future. Yeah yeah. So he goes back, mm. but like you got to be careful when you go back. You go back too many times and the shit still is wrong, you know. Yeah. So that's I think he's gonna have to go back soon, or they're gonna it's gonna have to be blatantly obvious in the past of what the next thing is, and that's usually you don't find out what the next thing is until you go to the future and do a little checkpoint. And he hasn't even been around. Has he even been around uh, the brother uh, like that this season? No, right? Like what brother? Uh, uh, uh Hinata's uh, brother. Nah. 
That's because that's also the only way he can go back. He has to shake. He has to shake Naoto. hands with uh, right, yeah. Naoto. But, but like that is a thing, and I think now is usually around the time. Like on, like I said, unless something becomes blatantly obvious. The only way for him to know what the next mission is is for him to go to the future. Because now at this point, he know this was the main this was <laughs> the main mission. The right? last point in the future, he got framed for Hino's murder. Who got framed? Um, Takamichi. He ended up setting up Hino's murder. Yeah. Because of Kasaki, that was the last thing. So mm-hmm. he was in custody. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah, because yeah. I feel like that's like the other big like plot hole now is just what came of all this essentially well we got well we out. know we, well, we're not gonna know until he goes back well before yeah. he got framed remember he was in the meeting he was in the car with um what was the guy with the stringy blonde hair that um, ended up bringing back from the dark side Kazator. yeah he's talking to him and he was like yo everything changed like when, when black guys came in black guys came Mikey in got corrupted and it was because this happened on this day so he changed that so job is done so what else is left i guess nothing no, he's right? got to go do it he's got to go do a pulse check you gotta go yeah. see what the future's like now. Gotta test the waters. But that shit is dangerous every time you go back. Because what is it? Twelve? How many days? Is it? It's it's it's, it's as many days, right? As yes. Pass? So the same amount of days passes, but I think it's twelve years in the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, twelve years. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I think it was twelve. Yeah. Would you? Uh, yes, I think we're at a good spot, man. We're good a good spot um maybe next episode takamichi doesn't get beat up but who knows actually technically he didn't speaking, get beat up, he didn't get beat up this episode so first time we're already off to a fantastic start first time <laughs> already first time for everything start. all right um anything else guys i'm good you think that's it <laughs> goodbye <laughs> now with that anime segment done it's been a long long time so i apologize for the delay but ABC is back. You guys do not know. We've been watching Bochi the Rock. Um, again, a nice slice of life that I've been thoroughly enjoying. Um, and it's long overdue, but we are finally talking about episodes 7, 8, and 9. Um, I got my notes. JT is just confident in his ability to remember. Um, but what, what are thoughts? Um, episode 7. Um, this was when... Uh, what the fuck's their names? Um... The fucking, I can't remember. The blonde girl. I thought you took notes. I did take notes. <laughs> we we didn't write down names. Nijika <laughs> and Kita, right? Mm-hmm. Kita feels right. Yeah, Nijika and Kita. They um they are going to Bochi's house. Yes. To hang out and like brainstorm stuff and like I th- I think the goal of this one was to make merch. Yes. Um. So specifically a uh, t-shirt. Yes. T- yes. Uh, like a, a band shirt, like kind of what they would wear and also what they would sell. Um, so they, they go to her, her crib and first of all, the banner outside fucking hilarious dog, dog. Like these three episodes were just funny as a whole, everything about it, like from the way she's trying to like act the way she thinks people want to be for this party, but then she can't will herself to do it. So they're like, Oh, she really tried hard, but like, (laughs) Like, all right. Bro, the sunglasses, the star sunglasses. Yo, that, like, when they get to the room with the party lights. Dog. Like, all of that. Like, what the hell? Is this a rave? What the hell is going on here? When her sister comes in, and um, they were like, and she was like, oh, she made their, she had these pictures, like, all over the room. But she had to take it down because mom was like, it made her eyes hurt. Like, that shit. Now, what was the thing where they (sighs) thought she was possessed? Yes. Um. So they had like a what was it a bunch of like prayer stickers? They, or something? She was like, "Why are there so many things?" It was when um, she was trying to write 
the song. Oh, so she was trying yeah, to get yeah. into the mindset of like a popular girl. And they were like, bro, what is wrong with her? Like, she's possessed. And it was like, oh, yeah, I remember Sister Possessed. Like, all that shit was mad funny. And, like, the fact that her family deadass thought her friends were imaginary. And said that out loud, too. Like, oh, yeah. Like, at dinner, they're like, yeah. oh, yeah. You know, we're we're just thankful because uh, we was thinking she was crazy. And y'all was just imaginary this whole time. But it's nice to see you guys actually exist. I don't know what I'd do if, if I was at a friend's house and their parents said that to Bro, me. Bro, <laughs> do you don't you remember the dad asked if this was a friend rental service? <laughs> like that shit was so funny. Yo. Like that. And then Rio not being there because Rio is just a fucking enigma. And she's then the, like she's the best. And then her sending them was like, This is my shirt idea. The curry shirt. <laughs> just like I actually just need help picking what I want to eat. Nah, that was that like nah, that, was that like um, when she made that tacky ass shirt with all the zippers and shit like that, and she was like, "This is this is what I want to wear." Like, <laughs> like everything Wait. about this episode was hilarious. Even the uh the part where she left the room for something, I forget what she had to do. She left the room, but she heard like the conversation and stuff was still going on. She she was like, "Oh wow, like they're able to function and yeah, yeah. have a good time without me. They don't even care that I'm gone." That's <laughs> like, what I dog, was. I was on. like. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, this whole episode was, like, very um, comedic, right? From, like, the funniest shit was when she turned to Ash with her with the music. And they all, like... And they uh, all were like, I'm exposed. And then they got they started to get depressed. <laughs> like... <laughs> they got a contact high of depression. <laughs> that shit was so fucking funny. But, like, the main thing was, like, you know, the underlying message here was just, like, for an introverted person, like... The anxieties of just doing something like that for the first time of going wow like they're really fitting in with my sister and everything now like damn there is no space for me everyone's having a good time but like i don't know how i fit that in because i don't do the things socially that they do and all of that so it's like it has those little like areas of real world and that's why i think it and that's why i think it's a good slice of life right on um, this episode like i'm not gonna say it was filler because it was so important but like that's what it felt it didn't per necessarily relate to the overall progression of the plot but I think it was a good thing for character development for them to see how she lives and meet the family and literally be like, oh, the rest of her family is hella normal. Yeah. She's just weird. She's just a... Uh... But at the same time, like, she's weird and they love her for being weird. They're mm -hmm. like, yo, she's mad fun. Like, I don't understand why she doesn't have friends. Like, you know what I mean? And they talk about it. Like, we get a, into a little bit more lit later. But, like, they talk about it, I think, on the walk where she was like, yeah, I can't wait till we go back to school so I could, like, introduce her to people. Like, Keita's talking about mm -hmm. that. So... I thought like that episode was just funny, right? And it's like now they have that moment at the end where they're like a real team, mm -hmm. and then you know there's supposed to be good weather, and then didn't they like not actually figure out the design at the end? Like they just spent the whole day like, mm -hmm. and they just didn't actually figure it out. Nope. Right. Nah, I figured that. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And then the next day, um, but you know, and you know what I like? I liked a good little foreshadowing. Too, because on the TV, oh, with the typhoon hitting another area of Japan, they're like, oh, we don't yeah. have to worry about it. The dad was watching it, the TV, and then like they were like, oh, the typhoon, like ah, it'll probably pass over. And then the very like, oh, next it's day, it's not even gonna come in our area. Yeah, very next day, <laughs> just straight up nor'easter, mm -hmm. everything going yeah. crazy. Um, felt bad because I was like, because they got to the place and they're like, yo, like nobody's gonna come in this weather, like. Is, is probably a Dubbington. Mm -hmm. Like, even like I think the sister was like, Yeah, even like the regular customers probably won't even mm -hmm. show up. But you know what? Sometimes uh, God smiles on those who are forgiving. I mean, it's still poured. 
Um, it still poured. But some people showed. Come. People yeah. showed. You know, the important eight, people came. Bo- Bo- the Rock, the big music moment. Um, I think... I, I just... The notes are so long ago, so I can't remember exactly what was said. But like in my notes, I have like, she made a good point about life, but it's still tough, right? It's like things like this happen in life. I think it was the manager. Probably. It was like... Things like this happen, and it's good for them to learn how to get through it. It's mm-hmm. like, yeah, but it still fucking sucks. Yeah. Right? Um, and I think it was one of them had, like, this super ongoing posit- positivity thing. And it just reminded me of, like, Ted Lasso. And I think it was... Um, Is it the, the, new, the new girl? It might have been. One of them. I don't remember. She's. I mean, she's. it's either her or the, you know, the, I guess, main I think one. It was, I think it was Nijika, the blonde one. That's her name, right? Yeah, Nijika. She has the saddest backstory. Mm-hmm. And that's why I was getting Ted Lasso vibes from her. Because she's, like, always positive with it. Um, but, like, it's because she has the saddest backstory, you know? Um, and I was, like, you know, this constant positivity. But, like, you know, they're getting into the show and everything like that. And I love when, like, she's, like, oh, my fans came. And then Bochi just goes, like, Super Saiyan. Like, when the fans... Yeah. Um... But I think, like, the whole thing was super dope. It wasn't just, they're going to start performing and everything's going to work out. It was they played the first song. But, and and like, they and you could tell they were They're not off. playing with confidence. Yeah. And they, they can, like, the the crowd was getting to them and doing all these things. They were forcing it. And, you know, then Bochi sat here and had that, that MC moment of, I don't want this to be the trajectory. I'm going to do everything that I can. Mm-hmm. And that's when she just starts going crazy and drawing the attention and, like, bringing the morale up and she getting the them juice. playing great exactly she took a charge and, she got the, the, she got is, the crowd back into it every bro it's a sports anime in every team real life or in media everyone needs a moment like that there's someone that does that someone that can boost the team with something that they do and you gotta like know when to do it mm. right like good teams have like a leader who might be good, but they'll know when they need to do something flashy. You bring out that trick to play, get shit going, you know, right? behind the back, little razzle yeah. dazzle option play, yeah. you know. Um, and that's a skill, but it's like her doing that, and like it really just showed everything. I wish they showed the last song though, where they're like, "Oh, we worked on another song." I wish yeah. they showed it just so we had it. But um, no, nah, it was it was cool, man. Like the way they they did it. Oh, how about the uh, the drunk girl knowing? So, mm-hmm. The sister. Yeah. That's where we find out the sister was in a band. Oh, yeah. And then they go out to dinner, and I was like, of course Rio fucking loved her. Bro. Like, when they were like, oh, my God, I've actually been to your shows. Bro, she was out here schmizzed. Yo, that <laughs> and, like, fucking um, <laughs> Bochi turning to a husk. <laughs> nah. Wait, but also I thought it was funny because um, uh, who's the girl that thinks of Ryu as senpai? Um, Kita, 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 seeing Ryu look at uh, old girl the uh-huh. same way she looks at Ryu was kind of funny because it was like almost like an internal conflict of mm. hers. Like, uh, like this is my, this is supposed to be my senpai. Like, yeah. Why is she so funny over her? I also really liked the little snippet of um, Bochi eavesdropping on the two guys at the bar. Oh yes, and the yes, one yes. guy's like, yo, like, yeah, we're- my, I think my wife's gonna leave me. <laughs> why? Because I'm always at the bar with you. <laughs> That I'm at work. <laughs> I'm at work. And every time I leave work, I come right here. Like, I don't know. I think she's going to leave me. Nah, and, the, man. and then he's like, Miss, we got to get him some drinks. He's starting to think about his life. <laughs> like, that whole shit. And it was like, and it was happening because Bochi, this is where Bochi was like, 
I gotta make music my thing. I can't be in the real world. I can't have a normal job. And it was because of the stress of being an adult in the real world. <coughs> and then like seeing it firsthand with the dudes at the bar, right? I also thought it was just because of the drinking aspect. It doesn't, um, what's her, ah, damn. I need to remember her name. I don't uh, remember the name. The, the drunk girl. Player, yeah. yeah, the basement. Doesn't she like offer one of them or some of them like a drink, like drunkenly? It's like, oh, do you want some? And they're like, uh, we're kids. When she first met Bochi. No, I mean, like, even at, in the restaurant, too. Oh, maybe. But, like, it, one, like, that's a that was a wild thing, and I think he talks about killing himself, the guy. I don't, I don't remember. I don't remember that part, but... but. Actually, maybe he didn't. <laughs> but um, suicide is a big thing for, like, what's called salarymen in Japan, mm. and that's essentially what he was. Mm -hmm. Like, salarymen, it's like you work to get a, a job where you make salary, mm -hmm. but, like they're overworked and they don't have time to see their family but it's seen as like an honorable thing because you're working so hard to support your family mm -hmm. but like they be depressed as fuck mm -hmm. so like them doing that thing and being like yo the real world so we're like Bochi used it as like I can never be in the real world yeah like and then she has that um that like the the preview of her future where she's like this is what will happen to me I'll drop out of school and like I'll end up just eating all my meals alone inside and my mom will be like you don't have to like Talk to us, but please come out. Like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to make you go back to school or go to work. Yeah. But, like, come eat dinner. Like, <laughs> all of that shit. Of just that's where she is, right? But, um. Then she has, and the episode ends with that heart to heart. Yeah. Uh, with Nijiko, we find out yep. her backstory. Bro, what was it where they fucking had to put her face back together? Oh, they like sanded her face to get it back together. That shit was mad funny because I think oh, she, ended yeah. up, she ended up looking like Inuyasha. <laughs> um, but yeah, of course, Nichika had that sad backstory. And like it finally clicked at the end of episode eight mm. of everyone having their reasons outside of just because they want to be in a band. Yeah. Like having their reasons why they wanted to work. Except Rio. Rio is just there for the vibes. That's why yeah. I bangs with her so much. That's just, she's really mean. But like. Yeah, like, Nichika's out here, you know, we find out they were her parents and, like, how her sister really left the music industry because she wanted to spend more time with her. And, like, that was... Her, and the whole reason they have Starry is because that was, like, her thing. Mm -hmm. So I thought that was really cool, and now we get more of, like, why the manager is so insightful. You know, it's not just because she's older. Like, she was part of a successful band and yeah. left. And so. she wants the best for them because she mm -hmm. knows what it takes. This yeah. is what they're going to have to do in this industry. Yeah. So. Fucking Phil Jackson, this shit. Um, that leads us into episode nine, which is like the last day of summer vacation episode. Um, <coughs> there's a couple things in this episode. Um, it was just like her doing the same shit every day of summer and being like, "Fuck, I wasted my summer." And I feel like we all have a moment like oh, that. Oh, we all have. We've those all moments. had her like, uh -huh. um, like wasting the vacation doing these things. And then we sit here and they mention the beach. And I was like, oh, God, they better not do a fucking beach, beach episode. Nah, I thought that, too. I'm like, wait a second. But there's only so much you can do with a beach episode with this type of anime. Because it's very wholesome anime. That's what I was hoping. I uh, was like, don't tell me they're going to go full fucking fan service. I was like, here. there's no way they're going fan service. Because, like, you know me, degenerate guy. I love a good fan service beach mm -hmm. episode. But I was like, for this one? No, please don't. Mm -hmm. Please don't. But I did like how they did it, though. Yes, like, I do, too. Like, oh, let's go to the beach. So they go to the beach, and then they're like, so, like, what do we do? Mm -hmm. And then, of course, like, the uh The first thing the with the guys? Schooler, yeah, yeah, It's like, hey, I don't even remember what he said. The beach uh, bros. Beach bros. It's like, hey, what's up? Like, what's going on? And then everybody was like, oh, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, that shit was funny. Um, I think, of the, like, the main thing in the beginning of this episode was, like, 
I, I don't know if it just hit home for me because like this is the fucking this is this is something that I'm working on in therapy. Mm-hmm. But like I feel like the big thing was like overthinking leading to inaction because mm-hmm. she overthought the entire time of being like, I should go hang out. Nah, they might be doing stuff. I'm going to be a burden. You know, I can just I have time, all these things. Mm-hmm. So she didn't do anything. And then the other girls, one of them was actually busy. Mm-hmm. The other girl ones were like, I thought you hit her up. I, I was kind of busy. I thought she'd feel uncomfortable. And it was just all of them sort of overthinking the situation, even though they all wanted to do it. They all yeah. would have liked to hang out. And it just didn't happen. So mm-hmm. it was like a pure example of overthinking leading to inaction. And that's another thing that I feel like we all go through at one time or another. Yeah. Right. We'll sit here and we'll be like, oh, it's something I want to do. And then you'll think yourself out of it and convince yourself not to do it. So like, that's what happened. Um, everything with that, right? Like, Oh my God, what was it? Was it Rio where they had a moment where it was like your brain is so small you can hear it rattle? Yes. That shit was hilarious. Was that when they, were they on the train for that? Yeah, yeah, Because yeah. like okay. um, Kita's image of Rio got destroyed that episode. <laughs> like, like that was when they were on the way to the beach. Um, I also think it was kind of like um, wholesome where like everyone's like, yeah, we're just having this food. And like Bochi's biggest memory at that point was like, bro i got to share this meal with my friends mm. and it was like damn like and it just shows like how to like someone like that that's it doesn't matter they could have not done anything else for the rest of the day and she would have been content because she at least had that moment with their friends mm. that other people or most normal people would not really think you as would, much you about wouldn't it. Yeah. Think twice about it exactly um also i think it's funny that bochi is always in a tracksuit and doesn't have an ex- a single athletic bone in her body mm. yeah you're right Honestly, I was just kind of. Oh, she was you know with the stairs. Oh, you know who that reminds me of? Hmm. Subaru. <laughs> Subaru don't got an athletic bone in his body either. Nah, but, but he, he be always, trying hard. He try. Bochi tries too. Not athletically. Not athletically, but she tries. Yeah. But <laughs> something about these tracksuit people. <laughs> but um, I also thought it was funny that Keita's like that. Everyone has that one friend that likes to fucking hike and do outdoorsy shit. Mm. And they're like, "Yo, we gonna take the stairs all the way up." And they're like. <laughs> Yo, I was with them on that. I was like, ain't no way I'm walking because they were going to the stairs to get to the shrine. Yeah. Ain't no way. So that's why I thought it was dumb funny. But I did think what I thought was funny is that they had the escalator, mm-hmm. but you had to pay to yeah. use the escalator. Like, what if I'm what if what if I'm an old lady? What if I'm an old man and I, I can't get up these stairs? I gotta pay. You better bring that money. You better understand oh, that. Oh, that's Come crazy. Prepared. Oh man. The other things too, like we you know when they make that wish, um, first of all. The funniest shit of all three of these episodes was when those birds started attacking her, bro. Son. Son. When those birds started attacking her and they left her in the crater like Yamcha and they did the full on like same position, same crater, everything. That's a Dragon Ball Z reference. Ah, okay. Yeah. Classic. Like you probably, they did like, um, they did it for the Pacquiao memes where like, remember Pacquiao got knocked out and it became a meme? I do remember, but I don't remember the bird circling one. No, nah, it's not the bird circling. It's the crater on the ground. Like, just like, I mean, I'm assuming it's just a crater on the ground. Like, like how, like, in a big anime fight, somebody would get beat it's up. It's literally this. Just be in there. Oh, shit. That's funny. And it was a shot for shot. Wow. Like. Look at that. So that's the meme. Like, it's that's just always how Yamcha. And look. look. You see how it came up? Damn. Like. Shot for shot, that shit is mad funny. Um, and it, it was dope, like it was another one that was like the small character development things. And I think it was another thing that isn't that episode didn't help them progress in their mission for band stuff, but, but like it progress was, in the 
Yeah. The overall vibe of the group. Exactly. Personal growth. And it's just another relatable thing of just like wasting your summer being like, fuck, school's about to start. We got we to gotta do something big. So we end it. Mm-hmm. Like the overthinking leading to inaction, like all of those things. Yep. 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 Yeah. Uh, I thought those, I thought those were, these were some pretty good episodes. Yeah, you, know, you had I did the com- too. You had the comic. You, you know what's crazy? I think it was it was it was almost like a nice little sandwich. You had the comic relief episode in the beginning. Mm-hmm. You had the actual kind of emotional, main, you know, episode. Yeah, I think you yeah. had like the more emotional episode, touchy feely one at the end, and like in the middle it was kind of like the more progress towards their goal, which yes. is like the actual. But to you me, actually that saw, was like, the music. That, that was the emotional episode. Oh, okay. Yeah, because I think the last one was still like it was. Um, I would say the last one was more wholesome and like you know that heartwarming sense. Mm. But like that middle one, like the one thing, like I don't outwardly show emotion. I'm someone that cries when I watch stuff and stuff like that. Sometimes I feel it. Mm. Like the things that always get to me are like sport moments. I don't know what it is. Mm. Like there's moments in Ted Lasso. Like there's shit like that. Like sport, sports whether sports it's amazing. in real life or like in things like that. That's one of the few things that like will get to me. But like it didn't hit me the I would say as hard as those sports moments. But you have those moments of like in that middle episode of when she's she starts playing or when they're like damn like we're, we're about to waste this opportunity or like when the people are like who the fuck is this band we don't give a shit about them like stuff like that like and then they play their heart out and they get it together and they get that recognition and then nijika's backstory mm-hmm. is in that we find out the whole her sad backstory so like i feel like that is the more emotional episode and it all and it also progressed the plot like you're saying yeah those uh those two girls they were being some haters in that episode man oh the older ones who came to see the other bands yeah but they won them over they did win them over they won them over they did they did win them over play so good it made a pay attention i think this is also when sis um the episode where she goes yo you're a guitar hero aren't you yes Mm -hmm. yes it is damn she's been found out it's tough but i wonder why like i wonder i don't know if it was a discussion yet with the rest of them i feel like it should be but I, i wonder why it hasn't happened yet uh, maybe in time. Yeah, in time. But I mean, or perhaps just something that's gonna be organic. They were just like, oh, like the more they play and the more they'll, the more they'll probably hear it. Or it's like, yeah, wait a second. At the same time, sounds- if you go, if she goes on Guitar Hero and goes, I'm playing in a band. I'm sure a lot of people would come. She has a big following. This is true. So that's why I'm like, oh, you're right. I feel like the whole thing is like, dude, she definitely did tell him because she didn't want to have those expectations. But now that like. The other members are starting to see that she might actually be really fucking good at guitar. I mean, she's sitting on a gold mine of fans. That's like. what I'm saying. <laughs> so I feel like once they get that level, it's just like, yeah, why don't you just tell people you're performing? You have fucking supporters. They'll come. And what's interesting about that is I think you could act you could pull it off because the supporters wouldn't actually know who she was. Mm-hmm. There's four three people up there, technically, yeah, that I, play I, guitar. There's, there's always a risk. Two people. Two so yeah, you're right. There's always a risk of like if she plays bad, then, you know, then she might lose a following or mm-hmm. then people might hate and stuff like that. So there's always that risk. I don't think it'll lean it. I hope it doesn't come to that point in this show because it's mm-hmm. just a wholesome show. But like, you know, if we're going to be like real world about it, like real life, then that's the risk. But at the same time, like they go, you're really fucking good. You know, you're really fucking good. Mm-hmm. You, we, you know, we're working on the confidence social side of it. So you could play like that all the time. But you did it once. Why not do it again? Yeah. Heck, and even if she doesn't feel that comfortable with, you know, people seeing her face, hey, maybe wear, like, a, a mask or something like that. Because mm-hmm. like, you saw, like, she needed the, that with the orange box or whatever, yeah. whatever box in, like, the first few episodes to play. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe this is the way. If she doesn't feel comfortable with people seeing her face, mm-hmm. maybe they could just, all right, that's Guitar Hero up there. But, like, 
anonymous. Like mm-hmm. you wear like a little, I don't know, cat mask or something like that. I don't know, you know. Yeah. But uh, but yeah, good episodes. Looking forward to the uh, next three. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that's all I got. All right, that's it from us here at Saratobi Sports. Um, if you guys are following along with us, finish up. Um, Bochi the Rock episodes 10, 11, and 12 for next week. And just continue to watch along Tokyo Avengers, man. It might be a midseason. Um, episode 11 is out now. We'll be doing 11 and 12 next week. But this shit is fire. It was a thrilling conclusion. Um, and hopefully our sports teams don't make us that sad. We should be at full strength next week, so look forward to it. We are glad to be back. Yeah. Catch y'all next week. I got ice in my veins. Walk like a champion, champion, champion. I'm so cold-blooded. I fear nobody. Ain't no letting down. I won't let you down.